<laughs> Pot of gold. Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of Ramble by the River. I'm your host, Jeff Nesbitt. Thank you for joining me today. We've got a great show. It's been a crazy week. I've been super busy and I'll be honest, I don't have a whole lot prepared for this intro, so I'm going to get right to the point. You can find Ramble by the River on Instagram at Ramble by the River, on Twitter at Ramble River Pod, and on Facebook just by searching for Ramble by the River or Jeff Nesbitt. It is Saturday, May 29th, 2021, and we've got a great show for you today. Our guest is Jessica Harriet. Jessica was like one of the cool popular girls when I was in middle school. She was about five years ahead of me, four or five years, somewhere in there ahead of me in school. And so she was like a cheerleader and very involved in school and stuff. I never really knew her when we were younger as kids just because she was enough ahead of me to where we just didn't really have a lot of interaction. But her dad owned the local convenience store, which was right by where my dad's body shop was. So I used to walk there all the time. It was really, it was a major contributor to my weight problem. Uh, I would make wood bundles, firewood, sell it to tourists on their way out to go camping at Cape Disappointment. And then I would take my profits and go invest that in squirt soda and chicken fingers. God damn, I love those chicken fingers. I ate a lot of them. In fact, if I remember right, I think her name was Barb. But no, yeah, I don't know. My dad would know. Uh, the, the lady who made the good soup, Dad. I forgot her name. But anyway, she would do this deal where, you know, I'd be like, hey, you mind if I maybe, instead of the JoJo's, actually, it started with the potato chips. Instead of those damn plain Lay's potato chips, can you maybe just throw in an extra chicken finger? She's like, yeah, you know, they're small. And then she'd throw in two. Now, who eats those Lay's? Why do they give those? I don't like them. Anyway, yeah, I love that place. I used to walk down there all the time. And I don't remember how I got it, but I, at some point I ended up with some coupons for free ice cream cones. So I, I basically was just living the little chubby boy's dream. I had this access to cash money and ice cream and chicken fingers, all a boy could ask for. So yeah, it was a great, great memory. And then, you know, this was actually years before I ever even met Jessica and or knew who she was at least. And then, you know, I think in sixth grade was the first time I ever met her. She was a counselor as a high schooler at a camp that I went to. And yeah, that's about it. Basically what I'm saying is she was basically a celebrity to me as a kid. I didn't really know her. And then as an adult, she came and took pictures for us and stuff and I got to know her a little bit. And she's really cool, very down to earth, easy to talk to, very chill person. And yeah, so I thought she'd be a good guest on the podcast. And she was. So I hope you guys enjoy listening to the conversation. There's some points in there that uh, you can totally tell she's not completely comfortable with the conversation, and she was a great sport about it. She didn't, you know, clam up or anything. She, she did her best to give her opinions on things that she clearly stated she wasn't interested in, and I just kept pushing because I'm that pushy bastard. But that's the ramble. So I hope you guys enjoy the show. Let's see. Do we have any other announcements? If you guys want to check out Jessica Harriet Photography, which I highly recommend, go check out her Instagram page. If You can just search for Jessica Harriet Photography. And she's got a lot of stuff posted there, and it's really good stuff. It'll give you an idea, at least, of what she does. 
And then if you're ever in the market for a photographer, I highly recommend Jessica's services. She's very good. The pictures she takes are excellent. But beyond that, she's really good at actually organizing the subjects. Like, I don't know about you, but when I'm getting my picture taken, I like to be told exactly what to do. Where to stand, where to place my feet, where to put my hands, what look to put on my face. Like, I don't feel comfortable enough in my own skin to just have a photographer be like, okay, now just let it flow. And then just they're just gonna snap and capture magic. It's not gonna happen. I need someone to be like very specific. Like put your left hand right there on her hip, put your right hand over here on the shoulder, and I put a look on your face as if you just tried some cantaloupe and you've always hated cantaloupe. But this time, all of a sudden, you're like, I don't hate cantaloupe. It's actually delicious. Put that look on your face and snap. That's how they capture magic. That's the kind of photographer Jessica is. She tells you what to do, but she's also kind of trying to read the situation and it's just, she's very good. She makes it easy. She makes it fun. I had a good time. My kids love her. It's it's just, it's good. So highly recommend it. Check her out, Jessica Harriet Photography. Yeah, without further ado, please enjoy this conversation with the lovely and talented Jessica Harriet. Love you guys. Bye. I could really use a change of scenery. Yeah. Everybody's smoking all the greenery. Yeah. Close the match because they were handed down to me. But I'm still fly. I'm still fly. I know. I'm still fly. I'm still fly. Let's go. It could all be worse. I could be a hater like you. It could all be worse. That poison's gonna chew you From the inside out So right now Say it with your chest now Say it with your chest now I'm young, I'm free Can't nobody take me Here and now It's my time to run it out It's my time, it's my time It's my time to run No photography this weekend? I'm actually, I scheduled one this evening. Oh, perfect. Since I was coming here, it's a reschedule because I've had a, you know. Bad weather. Reschedule. No. I don't mean like weather stuff and COVID, it's like. Oh, I know. It can be tricky. <clears throat> um, so you're right over here. Make okay. yourself comfortable. The headphones are optional. Some people like to wear them, some people don't. Well, is it, does it matter either way for you with? Not really. <sighs> oh man. Yeah. Podcast time. Welcome. <laughs> okay, so here I'm going to set up a camera. Okay. Do you mind if I film you for like 10 minutes? No, I do what you got to do. I don't care. Okay. Should I move yeah. my, should I hide my coffee? Yeah, it's fine. I'll have to stick it down here. Probably don't want me drinking that anyway during it. Honestly, if you want to, that's totally fine. Um, I also have tea set up on the princess tea set. Oh. If you want tea. Yeah, I was driving also and I was like, oh, I didn't even drink my coffee. Forgot yeah. about it. I was just like in go mode. Those are great days. Yeah. I was like, oh, I must be feeling good. And I must have got some rest last night. Exactly. <laughs> Actual energy. 
This is cool in here. Thank you. Did you paint all this? I did. It was awesome. Yeah, it was really fun. Did, the kids, was, did the kids help at all or? A little bit, but yeah. and it, that, in my, I envisioned it being like a family event. Yeah. But I was pretty uh, uh, demanding about it once it actually started. I had a vision. <laughs> you were like, I have, I have a plan and vision. Yeah, I was expecting rain and clouds today. I wasn't really sure. It's, yeah, me too. It's so hard to know though, you know, that's what's hard too with traveling here with people. It's so hard because I'm like, it could totally be d different and change, you know? Yeah, it yeah. probably will. Yep. I know it looks like the clouds are supposed to roll in later, so we'll see. As long as it doesn't rain, though, I'm cool with that. Mm -hmm. oh. Yeah, the other day there was like a whole bunch of, I think they're cumulonimbus, but like the really big, like dense clouds. Oh, mm -hmm. like make the sky look like it has a ton of texture. Texture. Today. I was thinking, wait, she's taking pictures today. What day was that? Wednesday or Thursday? Oh. And I don't know if it was like that everywhere, but I was having to pull over and take pictures. Yeah, I love those. I love having clouds in the sky because, like you said, it's like great texture to photos. And, yeah. you know, like obviously a blue sky is nice, but I would prefer <laughs> the texture in the sky. For sure. <laughs> Add a little more dimension. If you do, it's all right there. All right. Yeah, this is quite the setup, you guys. This is awesome. Oh, getting there. Thanks. You need to get power out here oh or as you can see on extension cords <laughs> but work in progress yep takes time yeah when did you start doing this uh we launched the first episode in january january, january. 18th nice i started doing the studio mid-december oh, okay and i've been planning it in just like in my head for like three years yeah i really wanted to do it for a long time and then I just, once the pandemic hit, I was like, the world's weird. I can just do it. <laughs> Let's just do it now. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> so I did. And I'm glad I did. Yeah. Because I probably never would have actually started mm -hmm. if I had to do it in, you know, regular life when everyone was just going about used to the same stuff. <laughs> yep. Kind of just in our routines. Yeah. I liked the way the pandemic shook everything up you know i i did tell him like we, there's silver linings to everything and i really think there were some good things that came out of a tough time yeah i mean like lots of bad stuff too but yeah that's the part everyone talks about yeah I'm like there is some there was some good stuff maybe you gotta look at it that way there's a yeah. reason for everything and and sometimes it can be a little bit uh i don't know insensitive to like try to find the silver lining when half a million people died right but that, that's what's hard too it's like then that's probably why people don't want to talk about the yeah the good stuff that yeah potentially came from it it changed a lot about the way we live oh yeah and think some about. of it's never going to go back yeah it's never going to be everyone's like i want to get back to you know old how it used to be i'm like oh, that's not that's not going to be a thing anymore no that world there's, is gone there's a new normal now yeah. <laughs> is what's the mask status are we allowed to not mask in public now I don't see. I don't. I don't really know. I kind of stopped paying attention. <laughs> I do too, because I'm like, I don't really know how to follow. I mean, I have no problem I'm, wearing the mask. Yeah. I just got my braces off. I had braces oh, yeah. for the last two years. Nice. So I was like, I'll wear a mask, no problem. <laughs> How's it feel to have them off? So good. Yeah. So good. They they like. I heard on the radio that they were releasing the the mask rule like literally the day I got them off. <laughs> it was like now you if you have your vaccination you, you can, don't have to wear it. Yeah. Yeah. 
I, I have no kind of want to though. I know. I'm like, I feel like I sh- like certain situations. I'm like, well, if I'm in a crowded room of people, I don't know. Like, yeah, and it's not going even to. like a safety thing. It's, it's like kind of like no, I'm used social, to it. Social thing. Yeah. I want to fit in. Yeah, because people at the gym have stopped wearing them, but yeah, I but still wear mine mm-hmm. just because I'm like, well, I'm just kind of used to it. Now. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's like a like it's a comfort thing. Yeah. But I mean, it is much nicer to work out without a mask on. Your yeah, face. I I never had to do that. Yeah, I just, I just work out outside here. Yeah, don't run into anybody. Yeah, much. so um, it's not so bad. Does it feel weird to be on the other side of the camera? It, it does. I'm like, oh, I'm on this side, this <laughs> pressure. Partition messes up my photography. Messes up. Messes with your flow. Yeah, it puts glare in there too. Oh yeah, yeah. Do you care if I move it? Do you no, move? do whatever you got to do. I don't care. Yeah, I'm fine. It used to make me feel very official. <laughs> but, uh, over it. I that one with you, Melissa. <laughs> You're like, she's like, is this drink for me or for you? <laughs> that was <I> funny. <laughs> yeah. That was a good one. Yeah. Most of the time. Are most people nervous coming yeah. in? Yeah. It's, I'm always really nervous. I'm actually less nervous on this one because we've been talking about it for two weeks. Right. And that's why I'm like, I actually feel less nervous than I thought I was going to be. Maybe yeah. when we start talking, I'll be like, oh, oh. We already started. <laughs> oh, are we recording right now? Yeah. Oh, hey, I didn't even know it. Yeah, it's when it's just That's when you get all like start. that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I dig it. Yeah. Pretty much I just turn it on and start talking. That way you can kind of grab what you want. By the time I'm done setting up the camera and everything, we're rolling. Rolling. That's yeah. going. Yeah, it's weird to be on this side. I bet. <laughs> um, let's see. I'm going to wear the headphones for some oh, of it, just so I... I feel, like, official if I put these on. Yeah. You know? That's I what I like about I that, too. I feel cool. Yeah, for the most part, I don't have a whole outline or anything. We can go wherever you want to go. I do want to ask you a little bit about your work mm-hmm. and just, like, your personal history and that kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. If you have any questions for me, also... Feel free to ask. Put you in the hot seat instead. Yeah. Switch it around. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> and, and yeah, it's open. Well, okay. and really, you really can't do it wrong because I've thought a couple of them were really bad. Like either I talked too much or not enough or lots of things mm-hmm. I get self-conscious about during the actual recording. And then when I go back, I'm like, oh, that was actually good. That worked I, out well. No yeah. problem. Yeah. It's weird being the one who has like, I have to like be the person having a conversation but also try to think about how you're going to put it out later exactly cut and slice everything together or what you're going to keep and not yeah it's Mm kind of i can relate to that too like from a photography standpoint too it's like you know i'm capturing these families or people at their weddings as they are but then at the you know i have to go back and okay now what am i going to do with this you know what Mm -hmm. am i going to give them what am i not you know what's what shots they going to look back on and be like yeah that's that's the one you know so yeah Man, you must spend a ton of time in front of a computer. Oh, yeah. Just, a lot. Do you edit You edit them too? Or? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I know a lot of people like outsource, and I've had times where I'm like, oh, my gosh, I have so much to edit. Maybe I should, but it's just it's so hard because I feel like that's part of the creative process of yeah. you know, my art that I'm capturing them. And and that's the part, too, I just really enjoy. It. But I do spend many hours behind the computer screen. Yeah. I totally relate <laughs> to that, like, the outsourcing thing. Because mm-hmm. uh, the initial edit on these would be really easy to outsource. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, just cut out all the hums and the pauses and the clicks and leave the, the juicy stuff. And right. I'll, and then I can go in and fine-tune it. But I haven't 
haven't wanted to do that yet. I like I like having control over the whole process because mm-hmm. then I know that they're not going to cut out something that I would have wanted to keep. Keep in there, Because yeah. sometimes I'll put in stuff that most people would have cut out just because just add a little personal touch of mm-hmm. some kind. Mm-hmm. You know? But, yeah. Yeah. Oh, so, how's business? You know, it's been good. Um, it was definitely... You can pull that just a little bit oh, closer. Oh, yeah. Is that better? Yeah, perfect. Okay. Um, it's been good. It was definitely a rough year with COVID. Just kind of a lot of ups and downs, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. How did COVID affect your business? Did, did it, did people, because I mean, it's outside, mm-hmm. but people are probably still living differently. Yeah. You know, I, I feel like I had a lot more family sessions because I think people were at home together more. And so it kind of, you know, sparked that thought that they have more time together and they could book that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it definitely did affect the wedding portion oh, of yeah. things. So that that definitely hurt and I felt too for all those people who are trying to plan weddings and that's something they you know have you know been planning or thinking about since they were you know kids and you know it's like their wedding um so that was definitely hard and I had a lot of weddings that postponed or Mm -hmm. turned elopement and you know just trying to help navigate that time with them and talking with them and it was hard um because I felt for them too and then it was hard for you know for me from a business standpoint too yeah did you uh did you still do any weddings or were they all pretty much just canceled? I did. I Like, did people call you and have you come down to the courthouse and take pictures of that? No, um, actually I didn't have any of those. Most of them, if they did do more of like an elopement style thing, they kind of just got creative with it or I would kind of help brainstorm ideas with them. Uh, we did a few like up in Mount Hood area, you know, like they'd rent like a little cabin and just have like their immediate family. And then they were all kind of planning like, oh, maybe next year we'll do a you know, big reception kind of deal. Mm-hmm. But, you know, even times now, it's still like, you know, people are kind of like, oh. I mean, things are getting better, but, you know, it's still kind of hard to plan bigger events at this point. Yeah. But especially with the regulations changing here and there, yeah. people are like, well, I don't want to plan something in a month and then have, have it, it canceled. Yep. Yep. So, um, but I did have, you know, because there were points in time even last year where it seemed like, you know, restrictions would, you know, be different and they'd change and they'd get a little bit lighter. And so I did have two kind of more real weddings last mm-hmm. year. Um, but I only had two and then the rest were more like elopements or micro weddings. It seems like the weddings would be like a big portion of your revenue stream. Mm -hmm. Does that that pay better? Yeah. Yeah. I imagine so. Yeah. So that's why it was, it was hard from a business standpoint. It was difficult Mm -hmm. at times and I just kind of kept trying to truck along and, you know, do what I could. And like I said, I did book more family sessions. Like I think people, you know, were just, you know, at home more and like, oh, let's get some family photos taken, you know? And yeah. So that, that helped, but the wedding industry was, it was a rough one this last year. And it was just I hard bet. to see all the people, you know, disappointed having to change their plans. And I would just try and, you know, see their spirits kind of, you know, you know, not as bright as I wanted it to for their special day. And so You're used it to was, seeing people excited. Yeah. So it was yeah. really hard to see that. And I would, you know, I'm a, I feel like a, a very caring, nurturing person. So I'm like, want to like, empath. yeah, so I'm like, I'm like, I want to be your mom and just like make it all better for you. But yeah. So and your would, job is to be there and try to capture the happy moments, and they're probably fewer and far mm-hmm, between. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, it was it was hard, but we did have with the ones that I had. Like I had great couples, and they just made the best of it. And you know, even those smaller, intimate little micro weddings or mm-hmm. elements, like we had a ton of fun. You know, and and it's you know ultimately not what they envisioned. You know, when they were initially planning, but you yeah. know, you gotta roll with it sometimes. You do what you gotta do to get by. Yep. How did you in the first place? Uh, have the 
the balls to get out there and start a business in photography <laughs> at a time when the smartphone was just taken off. Yeah. That was very brave. Did you realize that at the time or, or was it you just went in to do it and so you did it? I didn't really think about it at the time. Um, I, yeah, I just kind of, I mean, my parents were business owners and, mm -hmm. you know, growing up here, you, there are a lot of people that have their own businesses. And so I just kind of saw that as a norm. Um, and so, yeah, once I... My dad had a film camera that I kind of dinked around with in high school, but yeah, once, once I had a friend that I was like, "How did I?" My um, actually, you probably you know, Brittany Greenfield, uh -huh. um, and she was kind of the first person I took portraits of back in the day. We used to work at Chinook Coffee Company together, and she was per, you know looking to pursue singing. Uh -huh. She's a very talented singer. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh yeah, she has a beautiful voice. She should do it more often if she's listening to this. Um, <laughs> she should also come on this show. She should. You should get this. her on. She'd be great. I think she would. She's um, very funny on social media. Oh, my gosh. She's hilarious. Like, um, Brittany is. Yeah, I yeah, love it. Shout out, Brittany. Um, but, yeah, so she was um, thinking about doing that. So I just, I didn't even have, I just had, like, a dinky little, like, digital camera. It was nothing fancy. And uh -huh. I remember we drove around and just took pictures. And I was kind of like, huh, maybe I could do something with this. And then got my first DSLR and just kind of, well, too, I was coaching cheer at Owaco. Okay, so you had subjects. Yeah, so I had a few girls ask me about taking senior portraits, and then it just kind of snowballed from there. That's cool. Yeah. Did you do journalism in high school? No, I should have probably, but. Mm -hmm. So you, you weren't taking pictures for the yearbook or anything no, like that? No, no. Oh, wow. So, yeah, you really did it on your own. Yeah, I just kind of, I think, too, I because I grew up dancing. I went, you know, I grew up and um, took dance at Maddox Dance Studio. Is that in Warrington? Yeah, it's in Warrington. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah, by the by the Thai food place, kind of. Oh, is there a Thai food place over there now? Nisa's. Oh, Nisa's Thai cuisine. Oh, it's so good. Mm. I yeah. love Thai food. Me too. I mean, I love all food, but. I mean, I always say I love Thai food because I love pad Thai, mm. but mm -hmm. um, I've I've had like two Thai dishes. They were both good. No, I've had three. Two of them were delicious. One of them was bad. So oh. maybe I like it. Maybe maybe I like. <laughs> maybe it's just the two. It. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, so I grew up. That was like my. I always felt like I was a kind of more of a creative kid and that was mm -hmm. like my creative outlet and then you know we didn't have dance team at Owaco so I did cheer because I was the closest thing and I wanted to be involved with the school and then I think you know kind of after my dance years and coaching and I was I guess I was coaching at the time but I kind of wanted to do something more too and that's just kind of was something I found myself stumbling into and I think too having my dad's old film camera it kind of got me interested because we didn't have classes like that at Owaco you know like you know yeah did you stick with film? Or, I'm sure you're in digital now, but yeah. how long did you do film? I actually didn't do it for very long. Maybe mm -hmm. maybe played around for like a year and then just everything. I bet the people who stuck with it were the ones who had been doing it for a long for time. For a long time. Uh, mm -hmm. Who insisted that it's better. Mm -hmm. Is it better? I think there's pros and cons both ways. Like um, what is the difference in the final product? I think with the digital, it's like you have that more play and flexibility post versus, you know, film. It's kind of what you're capturing you know really got to get it right in the camera you know mm -hmm. um so i think that was a good learning tool initially before i switched over to digital but now i now i probably pick up a film camera and not know what the heck to do with it because <laughs> you, you're anticipating having all these tools yeah yeah, yeah post yeah so mm -hmm. but did so did you like cheerleading was that something you actually got into or were you just there for kind of the social and the, the physical activity no i really enjoyed it um i was really involved with I loved obviously I loved dance growing up that was like what I wanted to do with my life that's all I knew um and do you so still I, dance 
No. Every once in a while, a friend of mine from Maddox, um, he teaches in Vancouver, actually, which is where I live now. And every once in a while, I'll go to, well, pre-COVID times. I was going to yeah. an adult ballet class every once in a while. So it felt good to kind of get my feet wet a little bit again. But oh, I bet. I would like to make it more of a regular thing, you know, just for like mm-hmm. the exercise part of it too. Yeah. Getting older, I'm like, oh, I'm not as flexible as I once was, you know. It's weird how that happens. It's weird. Yeah. It sucks. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I can't do that anymore. Hmm. Yeah. I um, imagine that goes away if you don't use it. Yeah. You don't hear of a lot of adults doing dance classes. Yeah. But I don't know why not. It looks, it looks fun. If I knew how to dance, I would do it. Yeah. But I don't. Yeah. yeah, I think I think I coached her for a year, maybe. I think you did. Tawny, right? I was trying to think of connections that I've had to you through history mm-hmm. while I was prepping for this, and that was one of them. You, were, I think you were Tawny's uh, cheerleading coach. Another one is uh, your dad used to give me free ice cream cones. Oh, he did at Ilwaka Market. <laughs> Shout out, Randy. Hey, I'm sure, Randy. you don't remember me, but um, <laughs> I thought you were awesome. So it was it was cool. And another one is that. Uh, my first computer was your old computer. What? Yeah. Nuh-uh. Uh-huh. When um, I was like probably fourth grade, we bought a used computer and it was your old computer. <laughs> and we, uh, I remember going to the Waco market to check it out and I didn't know what the fuck I was talking about. I, right. didn't, I, was, I didn't know anything about computers, but my dad knew even less. So he's like, come over here, check this out. <laughs> Um, but we actually used it for years. Yeah. And it, it ended up being a great computer. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting. Oh Small gosh. town shit. Yeah. How yeah. funny. I had no idea. It was a good one. <laughs> had that game where you ski down a hill. Oh, yeah. What yeah. was that called even? I think it was called Ski. Ski? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like the abominable snowman would come out and get yes. you? Yep. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Yeah. Good times. Kids yeah. don't even know these days. <laughs> no, they really don't. <laughs> the world has changed. It's so different. Forever. Now. Yeah. Yeah. I like it better this way. Yeah. Yeah, there was, I mean, I complain about it too. There are problems with it, but there, it, life is so much easier. Mm-hmm. You can do so much more because every, like a lot of the tedious stuff is taken care of for you mm-hmm. with technology. Yeah, technology has advanced so much. Just even like in our lifetime, I feel like it's so crazy. Like we lived in a time where there weren't even smartphones and kids now don't know a world without smartphones. You know? I know. It's crazy. It, they think of it like an extension of their own body. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, we, we, we all yeah. do it. <laughs> Even like people who didn't grow up with it, people who are probably 60 now, I'm mm-hmm. sure there's a lot of them who are attached at the hip to their smartphone. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Are you an Apple person? I am. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. The other, I mean, Android people are weirdos. <laughs> let's be let's be real. I'm crazy people. Just kidding. Yeah. The, uh, the Apple product line is just much better. It is. And I, I kind of, when I went... Actually, after I was done coaching here and kind of started dabbling in photography, I moved to Portland. And at that time, I just used PCs like HP and, you know. But that's kind of when I went, when I went to art school there. That's when I really got sucked into Apple okay, products. Okay, so you went to art school. I did, yeah. Tell me about that a little bit. I went to the Art Institute of Portland. Um, I was there for – I went for a year. Um, what were you trying to study? Photography. Okay. So I just kind of wanted – I felt like there were a lot of things, you know, that – you can teach yourself obviously just from shooting and using the camera and, you know, practicing and getting friends to take pictures of. But I felt like there were a lot of back end things that I, I feel like I couldn't teach myself. Yeah. So I wanted to go to school and kind of get that additional knowledge because I really wanted to make something of it and, you know, really start doing weddings and, you know, dabble in it more and see if I could truly make a career out of it and met some really great people. And I really felt like I got additional tools I needed. And then I kind of got to a point where I was like, okay, I feel like I'm, I'm good. I don't need to go the 
you know, it would have been nice to go the full four years, but it's also really expensive. So it's cool. a four-year program for just photography? Yeah, I would have got a bachelor's degree if I would have continued, but it just got to be too expensive. Oh, really, also, though, how, how marketable would that be compared to what you, yeah. you're doing now? I yeah. mean, you probably still have to start your own business, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it really wouldn't, I mean, that would have just been more for, like, my, like, all right, I got that, you know, something yeah. to check off the the list if I which really want to get a degree. Yeah, which is great, you know. I That's um, kind of what I did, actually. Yeah. I didn't, I got a psychology degree mm-hmm. uh, with not much intention of being a psychologist. I just liked it. Mm-hmm. It's just what I wanted to know. Yeah. But. Yeah. So uh, one year in art school, mm-hmm. were you, you were, I imagine you were probably running your business at the same time. Yeah, I was. Um, I actually think that year is the first year I started shooting weddings as well. Oh. And I think I did three weddings that year. Um, I had a couple of people that just, actually, I worked with a gal and she knew I was into photography and going to art school. And she calls me up and she was like, hey, Jess, I want to talk to you. And so I went downstairs and she said, my daughter's getting married. I want you to shoot her wedding. And I was like, Jerry, you know, I've never photographed a wedding before. And she's like, it's okay. I believe in you. I just know you'll do a good job. She's like, I, I believe in you. And you got to start somewhere. And so I'm thankful for her because she's the one that kind of helped me take the leap, I guess, because it was kind of scary. You know, that's mm-hmm. precious moments for people. Um, and it was a super fun wedding. It was really chill, kind of a smaller wedding. It was at a really cute coffee shop. And I think it was in Oregon City, if I remember right. But... Yeah, then I did. Then from there, it just snowballed. Uh-huh. So. how What's an average year? How many weddings? Uh, not a COVID year, but <laughs> like how many weddings would you like to do in a year? Uh, anywhere from 12 to, 12 to 20 is probably ideal. I don't want to. So every few weeks? Yeah. So you have time to actually yeah, get into it? Yeah, because I don't want to. It's hard because it's obviously want to be there to capture those moments for as many people as I can, but I also have to kind of draw a line if, you know, so I'm not too busy. Mm-hmm. Cause um, you want the product to be good. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I do spend a lot of time editing post work because I, I want it to be a good solid product that I'm providing for people that they're going to look back on for years. That's one of those things too, where you can edit for like, there's a bare minimum you have to do. Mm-hmm. And then beyond that, it's, infinite mm-hmm. like you could end you could edit forever oh yeah and never be done and just and really most people aren't going to notice the difference between a four hour and a two hour mm-hmm. but you will yeah because you could like you're the one who pays attention so right. like i i get like that with sound editing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where i'm like just i could spend all day easily and just get lost in it but it's really not going to make the final product all that much different so I, I had to figure out where that line where is. Where to find that balance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because sometimes, sometimes I'll have exported and I have it, a gallery totally ready to send to someone. And I'm like, nope, color balance is a little bit too this or that. Or the lighting is a little this or that. So I'll go back and, you know, change it by something so minute that no one else's eye would probably yeah. even notice or probably even think about really. But it's something I know I'm going to look back and be like, oh, I wish I would have adjusted this just a tiny bit, you know. Yeah. And it's enough that people might not think about it explicitly but mm-hmm. it's a feeling tone mm-hmm. like they'll they'll notice without noticing mm-hmm. uh when i'm editing pictures just for instagram mm-hmm. like i my edits are very like big so it, i don't try to make it look normal i want it to have like a, a kind of a thematic feel mm-hmm. to my page especially the one for this mm-hmm. and i like it to be colorful yeah colorful and contrasty i noticed you like the contrast yeah yeah, yeah. trying to make it stand out on yeah, the pop. on the feed mm-hmm. it's that social media stuff is tricky for me you're really good at it like your posts seem to do really well and i mean it probably helps that you're taking beautiful pictures but they get around pretty good too yeah i try it's it's definitely 
the social media thing, it's it's very helpful, but it's also been a lo- it's been a learning curve because mm-hmm. it can be a job in itself, you know, just learning how it works and the algorithms and using hashtags. And I learned a lot in the beginning from my sister about hashtags and how to even do all that. But I hate. I hate that I think about hashtags so much. <laughs> I don't want to be a person who thinks about hashtags, but I do. I do. I do, too. I feel yeah. And I, I, just until like a week ago, I, I was just like, eh, I can probably get by without using the hashtags. Mm-hmm. But then I turned my the Ramble by the River Instagram into like a, a professional page mm-hmm. instead of just a normal one. Yeah. And Instagram pretty much makes They're like, what are you doing, dude? You're, you're leaving all of this <laughs> possible exposure on the table because you're not using one of the main tools Mm -hmm. so i had to start using them yeah and then yesterday i was dropping my daughter off at my mom's and she's like "Uh, jeffrey i don't understand your hashtags i um i click them and then it just like takes me to this page with all these pictures of things that i don't even understand (laughs) i was like they're they're not really for you they're they're or for anybody they're just so that the computer knows where to send my pictures where to put it yeah but yeah they're it makes me feel old the, the yeah. hashtag thing. Yeah. Because I scoffed at it for so long. I, I acted like people who were using hashtags were somehow lesser than me. But they're not. They're yeah. just trying to use the tool the way it's it was intended tool. to yeah. be used. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's you know, interesting how it all works. And it's brilliant, actually. Oh, yeah. It's, it's really it's fascinating, really actually. It just seems childish because it's c- colorful, really. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. yeah, it's a trick. Cause it it's, is. It's not at all simple. No. It's very and complex. And trying to find the right hashtags that gets your product or what you're trying to show people to the right people and how and then too just like the snowball effect of how that works and the geotagging and then okay now what is that it's like for the location does that matter too yeah you gotta put the geotag on there i just put chinook washington every time well that works but sometimes for me like if i want to try to like hit like a certain area like if i really want to focus on portland like the photo might not be in portland but i'll put portland because i know it's going to potentially reach people in portland with those hashtags so then I should definitely not do Chinook because there's probably like eight mi- people here. Yeah, probably mix it up. <laughs> or start yeah. putting maybe like Astoria, you mm-hmm. know, because just right across the river, you know, yeah. especially if you're taking pictures like of the Columbia or something. So this, that's just like in the in the post where it has like you can tag people and then add a location. Location, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, that's helpful. Yeah. So get that geotag. And then also, oh man, I could, we could go down a bit. Let's do it. So there's like also the alt text i think have you ever seen that yes option? i'm very confused by that so i don't i don't know much about it yet i'm still trying to figure it out but i know it does help to use that um i just started adding stuff to that and i just put whatever i put in the normal text in the alt text yeah i, I kind of do something like that and just kind of like explain you know like put keywords of what i'm wanting like maybe it doesn't necessarily make as much sense as like the actual post that i wrote out but try to use keywords in there i guess is what you're supposed to do to help reach more people that way okay. but yeah that's a new feature i'm still kind of playing with but i've been putting stuff in there and i really can tell my reach has improved since i've started adding really? those key that key alt text or whatever it's called so i read a book about social media marketing mm-hmm. like a month ago and it was i mean i listened i listened to a book but it was like 14 hours long oh yeah, so it was. It got really was in, into the details, <laughs> and I don't have time to do all the stuff that it says to do. Like mm-hmm. it, get, it like breaks down how to use hashtags, and it's all. It all is about finding your your niche. Mm-hmm. Like you have to niche down and figure out who your audience is. Totally. Which is the exact opposite of the philosophy I started with, because I'm just like I'm just gonna put myself out there, and my audience will find me, and it'll be uh, easy peasy. Yeah. And it just didn't really work like that. It doesn't work like that <laughs> no. because that's not how 
that's not how the internet is built mm-hmm. anymore. Yeah. It was. Yeah, it's when when like one out of every thousand people was using the internet mm-hmm. because you people could find you. But mm-hmm. there's billions of, oh my gosh, of there's... content creators it's on crazy. so many platforms, and it, unless you have some kind of a gimmick, mm-hmm. which you know, being a poor white kid is not a good enough one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that, that you're going nowhere. You got to figure out how to use the machine. Yep. How to use it to reach the people. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it's definitely, it's, it feels like it, like, even sometimes, too, I'm like, man, what am I going to talk about today in this post? And then I won't post for a few days, and I'm like, dang it. Yeah. I, there was a while there. I was good. I was posting every day. I also have, like, this app that tells me the best time of day per my audience. That's What's that of, app called? I need to get that. Oh, I don't remember. I'll have to show you after. I don't okay. remember the name of it. But it I think it does help because I've tried posting when it says not to and mm-hmm. I don't get any engagement. And then I post when it says to and it reaches more people. So I'm like, well, obviously it knows what it's doing. Yeah, I talked about that in the book mm-hmm. and it like told – but so the book was written in 2018. Okay. So I, I almost don't even feel like it's relevant anymore. Stuff changes so fast. Oh, it does. A three-year-old book is like, what? I don't like reading that <laughs> old garbage. But uh, I read it anyway. It Yeah, the – I don't know what time of day would be best for me because I don't know who my niche audience is. Mm-hmm. Like, if it's people like me, I'll post it like four in the morning because that's when I do most that's, of my Instagram. That's probably that's like <laughs> when you get up, right? Pretty you much. Get up pretty most early. Of the time. Mm-hmm. I I can't sleep. I, it's not a skill that I have. Um, the last few years has been very rough. We had the baby, mm-hmm. and well, you know, you took pictures of her, mm-hmm. and ever since then, I've had a really rough time. Mm. Actually, I've always had a hard time sleeping, but. Yeah, lately it's been worse. And some actually the last year it's been a lot of the time I'm excited right. about doing Something this. Something you've got. Yeah, that. so I, I like will want to get up early mm-hmm. and that, that's an insomnia that I'll, I'll I can handle. Yeah. I like it actually. I do that too, especially like before shoots or like weddings I'll wake up and I'll be like, "Oh, that's all I can think about. Definitely can't go back to sleep now." Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That's that's good. That mm-hmm. means that you're you're in the right field. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. Man, I wish everybody woke up excited to go to work. Yeah. Like, the world would be a happy place. Oh, it would. I wish everyone could, too, you know, because it would. It would just – it's just such a good feeling, you know, because it doesn't feel like work when I go to do it. It just yeah. feels like it's It's like fun. a privilege. Yeah, I'm going out and hanging out with people and capturing moments, like milestones in their life or whether they just wanted to do a shoot just because. And, you know, it's just – it's fun to get out and meet people, see new places. And I'm like, this is a job. This is crazy. Yeah. So have you made a lot of friends and just like established relationships through your job? Yeah, I really have. There's a lot of people that I definitely would not because I'm I'm outgoing, but I'm also kind of I feel like I'm quiet until I get to know someone and then mm-hmm. I'm more more outgoing. And but um, would you consider yourself an introvert? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. I'm definitely more like a homebody. Like I like to get out and, you know, we go on hikes and do things like that. But for the most part, I'm just going to be chilling at home in my PJs or, mm-hmm. you know, so it's definitely helped me over the years, you know, meet a lot of new people and make a, you know, I've built friendships that I still am in contact with from, you know, years ago when I started doing this. So that's really cool. Yeah, that is cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I imagine you get a lot of return business because mm-hmm. yeah. your pictures are good. Oh, thank you. I mean, we've had you take them for us several times mm-hmm. now. And now that we've got that, it's almost like I would like to keep using you Aww. so that the the thematic elements mm-hmm. are the same yeah. throughout history. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. it's And plus, you like you already know mm-hmm. where we've been before. I don't know. It tells a nice story to have a nice set of family pictures mm-hmm. and, and you're very good at taking them. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Gosh, that was probably longer Two ago years. than I realized. Yeah. Yeah. It's. I don't know. 
it's been it's, a while. My my brain is very bad at figuring out when stuff happened. Like, was that last week or was that two years ago? <laughs> Especially too, I feel like my clock is just off with the COVID year. I'm like, wait, was that yeah. last year or three years ago? I yeah. don't know. <laughs> the years just slip by. They do. And as my dad used to always tell me, the older you get, the faster they go. And I'd be like, yeah, 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 dad. And I'm like, oh, yeah, no. He knew what he was talking about. For sure. <laughs> it's very, very noticeable. Yeah. I've always thought about time a lot. Even mm-hmm. when I was a kid, I would think about how slow time was moving. Mm-hmm. And now it seems like it's moving very fast. Mm-hmm. I want it to slow down. Yeah. And I'm like, myself just a little bit. Yeah. Put the, the brakes on it. <laughs> the years with the kids, especially, because oh, they, they just change so fast mm-hmm. that it like puts a, puts a yardstick to life. Six inches shorter, we were doing something completely different. But I'm the same. Yeah. Because they change so much every day, you know, and yeah. I have families... That, yeah, well, we'll do photos like every like year or two years. And it's like, man, you really see it, you know, and the growth in the family, but especially with the kiddos because mm-hmm. so much change is happening, getting taller, really seeing their personalities come through. And yeah. it's great. Yeah, it's so much fun. Um, so let's get back to your history a little bit. Mm-hmm. So you're you came from here, mm-hmm. went to Owaco High School. Yeah. What was your childhood like? What kind of a kid were you? So my parents' house... I don't know. Do you know where my parents' house were? Where we grew up? So mm-hmm. we were out in Napton. So if you went past Makler Bridge, like three and a half miles, like you're heading towards Nacelle, was right in that little Napton Cove area. Okay, There's by only... the quarantine station. Yes. Yeah. So we grew up right there on the river, which was awesome. I on which? On the riverside. riverside. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bit so. of knotweed out there. What was that? Some knotweed out there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed it when I'm driving by. <laughs> you're like, look at that. Um, so yeah. So we grew up there and so technically we should have gone to nacelle school what a beautiful place to grow up oh yeah i know i now that my parents they sold the house but now looking back i'm like man i didn't realize how good i had it as a kid yeah you know no kid does no and you know you just think that's just like, the normal like you know like, this is my house this is where i live um so yeah so we technically should have probably i think gone to nacelle school but somehow because we were kind of on the border you know mm-hmm. but since my parents own the awako market i think that's how we were able to go to ocean beach oh you got um, the exception yeah yeah so then my dad like built like a school bus turnaround thing in our driveway because we were you know the first stop last stop kind of thing but yeah i know exactly where you're talking about yeah, now, yeah. You, the school bus turnaround mm-hmm. thing yep that was that's my parents house so so yeah i lived there my whole life growing up i was pretty shy when i was a kid and i have one sister we're only 11 months apart actually really so we're the same age for a few days Oh, wow. Our birthdays fall. Mm-hmm. She always, of course, loved that being the little sister because she was like, haha, I'm as old as my big sister right yeah. now for a little bit. But, um, but yeah, I was a pretty quiet kid. Were you too close? Are you still close? Yeah, we are. Yeah. I feel like we've gotten closer as we've gotten older. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were definitely always close. And You're did. close enough in age to where in school you could have been easily enemies. Oh, yeah. A yeah. Lot. Well, like with my brother, mm-hmm. um, as kids, we were just like we were parented as a unit like mm-hmm. they, we were the boys yep and i did not like that i it made <laughs> me feel very much just like not an individual but mm-hmm. like i was responsible for I, I would like get punished for his bad behavior or b- like because oh the boys can't the boys. be trusted to go here or and and vice versa like he he i'm sure he went through the same thing but as we got older I wanted to distance myself from mm, that mm-hmm. and it made me into kind of a dick. Mm. And so I would be like, I would like ditch him I would, oh. all the time. Cause uh, he was like a year and a half younger than me. Yeah. So okay. one class below me in school. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we had a lot of the same friends. So it was very noticeable yeah. if I would do that. And I regret it. Uh, and because I didn't like, I feel like I wasted time. 
the truth is I was smoking weed and I didn't want him to find out because I oh. thought not only did I think he would tell on me, I thought he would start smoking weed and I didn't then think he could handle it. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't want him to go down that path. So mm-hmm. I just like ditched him. Uh, he eventually, you know, found, actually it was Mike Lambert. Mike, Mike Lambert picked him up one time and got him stoned and <laughs> we've been hanging out ever since. Oh man, but, all yeah. thanks to Mike. Friend of the show, shout out Lambert. He's coming on in a few weeks. Oh, is he? Mm -hmm. Oh, sweet. (laughs) But yeah, so, but you and your sister, you didn't have the kind of rivalry stuff? Not too. I feel like a little bit around 16, 17, maybe. um, I remember I'd get annoyed of her, you know, coming in and stealing my clothes and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. You know, and she tried to act like she didn't. I'd be like, I see you at school and you're in my clothes. Like, we go to the same school. It's pretty small. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, there's like 50 people there. Right. But for the most part, I think there was like one one year of kind of. I think it's like the year I started driving, actually, because then I had to drive her, you yep. know, so. Similar situation. Yep. So then I kind of like, I was like, oh, now I'm like responsible for her all the time. Love you, Kels. Sorry. But. <laughs> so what does she do now? She's up in Seattle. She's been there since she graduated high school. She went to Bellevue Community College, and then she graduated from University of Washington. Okay. Which both my parents went to school there. So I'm like the odd duck out that didn't go to UW, but I. I did my own thing. <laughs> yeah, that's working out. Yeah, and yeah, so she's still up in Seattle. Has been there ever since. She loves it up there. So um, I actually moved up there for about two years. Oh, really? Yeah, I was like, well, because I'd moved to Portland, and then I wanted to be closer to my sister, and my dad was in that general area as well. So I thought, well, what the heck, I'll go give Seattle a try. Mm-hmm. And I was there for, I think, two and a half years, and it was just too much city for me. I was yeah. like, I'll come visit you, Kels, but this is, I yeah, got to go back to Portland. It's a little bit smaller. Yeah, it's a lot of city too, but it's it's got of uh, the weirdness, the yeah. Portland weirdness yeah. kind of takes that city edge off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's a little bit interesting there right now. But how I, is Portland, <laughs> by the way? Are you exhausted from all the riding? Yeah, um, I'm in Vancouver now. I was cause before I was out in like Troutdale, then I was in Portland. I've kind of bounced around that general area, mm-hmm. um, but I've been in Vancouver for I think two and a half, three years now, something like that. But it's definitely because I have to go over to Portland, you know, every once in a while, or, mm-hmm. or for shoots and different things. And is it different than it was a couple of years ago? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's immensely different from when I originally moved there. I think like twelve or thirteen years ago. Um, it's just kind of sad to yeah. see the current state of it, and you know, it just a lot of different pieces and with the politics and the rioting and it's just sad to see businesses that you know have been destroyed that's the part that's hard and you know seeing all the garbage everywhere it's i know it's a little interesting right now the homelessness thing is is a major issue oh yeah i don't think anybody knows what to do no it's it really (laughs) sucks and i don't think anybody's in a huge hurry to try to figure it out yeah it's really a complicated thing. It really is. It's, I think there's more to it than, you know, we all would like to see it better, but it's kind of trying to find that resolution is difficult, I think. Yeah, because there's just not really, I don't know, there's no solution. Yeah. Because it's, it's not like, I, I don't even fully understand what the problem is because it, it obviously the problem is there's all these people mm-hmm. living on the streets and mm-hmm. making a mess of things mm-hmm. and uh, probably suffering a great deal. But they're not asking not, they're not asking to, come off the streets a lot of them are mentally ill Mm -hmm. or addicted to drugs alcohol and have lots of problems they're they're not they're not in a huge hurry to be institutionalized right so i don't know i don't know what would help them and really 
most people don't care about those people. They care about the problems that they're causing, the trash in the streets, and the fact that you have to watch where you step in some neighborhoods because you don't want to step in human shit. Yeah, or like, needles or yeah. who knows what kind of other crazy stuff. Yeah. It's a rough It's a rough situation. Yeah. It's sad, though. It is sad because, like, those are all people, you know, and mm-hmm. however they got to the situation they're in is unfortunate and something led them there, you know, some kind of trauma or something, and it's just, you know, it's that's someone's child. That's what I was trying to tell myself, and, like, that's yeah. just unfortunate that that's the situation they're in. And then on top of it, then it's just causing more confusion on what to do to help the situation yeah and i mean obviously these aren't the sharpest homeless they went to portland (laughs) they could have gone to san francisco like what are you guys doing i know portland is a horrible choice also (laughs) seattle yeah get get the fuck out of pacific northwest yeah go somewhere where it's sunny or a little more often or something i don't know yeah california loves the homeless i've heard so they should go there should migrate that way then shout out homeless (laughs) um yeah yeah it's rough. When I was 18, I moved down to Arcata, California. Oh, okay. And I lived there for a year. Mm-hmm. And the homeless problem there was huge. But it was different. It mm-hmm. was like a, it was a mix between, I mean, they were homeless, but they were more of like by choice homeless. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't all sick people. Like it wasn't all people who are clearly mentally ill right. or damaged in some way. Or, they were just choosing that. Yeah, they were just for their like for quirky reason. weirdos yeah. who like wanted to play guitar in the park. Right. It, it was just different. Mm-hmm. It didn't have the same tragic vibe. It had a vibe of kind of like adventure. Mm-hmm. And that could have also been coming from me because I was 18 and just branching out and going out into the world. And, you know, like three or four of my buddies came with me and decided to live amongst the homeless in the park mm-hmm. while I went to school, which was nice because then I had people to hang out with and I still got my education really the best of both worlds right I got to get the benefits of homeless life without having to live with the homeless <laughs> um yeah do you know Colton Chalker I do yeah, yeah. he was one of my friends oh, okay. who was up down there gotcha uh, living living that life that life yeah because his sister I did cheer with his sister Danielle oh yeah yeah because she was a year ahead of me I think a year yeah Mm-hmm. So, were you, so you were in that on that cheerleading team that got busted. Oh yeah, I remember. Oh that. my gosh, I forgot about that. That was a big deal. I was a freshman. I had no idea what was going on. Really? I was like the, <laughs> I had the blinders on apparently. Yeah. Yeah. Half I don't hard. even remember what happened. They like smoked weed on the bus or something. Or smoked weed. They put vodka in a like a big oh, bottle of Sunny Delight, uh-huh. and they were passing it around. Luckily, I didn't take a sip of it. I had no idea it was in there. Yeah. But I remember one of the girls, I think she was she was like, no, you don't want a sip of it, Jess. And I, at, at that point in time, I thought I was just like, oh, I'm being left out, like the left out freshman. Yeah. <laughs> but now I'm like, thank God I didn't like, take a drink of that. Let's not get Jessica in trouble, yeah. probably. Yeah. Yeah, especially if you were shy. They're probably yeah. like, you don't want any part of this. <laughs> yeah, right. Not the sunny delight for you. <laughs> yeah, right. where I was like, thank thank you, no. But time i was i just felt i was like oh i'm not cool <laughs> i'm not the cool ki- i'm not part of the cool kids yeah i brought I, I um that. man yeah i was about to tell a story i'm changing oh, my mind no 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 i'm, I'm changing my mind i'm not going to tell that story it's <laughs> yeah, already happened happened you learned from it move on people just didn't expect me to do that kind of stuff mm-hmm. so it was really easy yeah like and the people who did expect it i knew who to avoid yeah so it was yeah i wasn't a bad kid but i i liked to explore possibilities and right. Yeah. Some of them are dangerous. <laughs> did you ever have people telling you like, hey, you shouldn't do this business thing when you started? Or did you have people telling you that you were going to fail? 
like in a nice way, like, hey, have you thought of a backup plan or that kind of stuff? Or you just supported? I had pretty good support. It's it is funny though, in a weird roundabout way, people are like, Oh, well, what's your real what's what do you actually do? Or you uh-huh. know, like they don't consider it a job, which yeah. you know, anything can be a job if, you know, you're really working hard at it and so that that in a way was kinda of, it's always kinda of like, Well, this is my job, you know, or it'd be yeah. kind of a backhanded way of like, Oh, it's not a real a real thing. Does it pay? It does. It's a job. That's a job, you yeah. know? And that's what I always tell people. I'm like, even if it's if it's putting some money in your pocket, it's a job. And yeah. if it's something you're passionate about and working hard towards, it's all you can do. So, Yeah. Well, that's like this podcast is not a job because it doesn't pay. But it's still a ton of work. Yeah. So, like, there's a difference between work and a job. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, if you're making money, that's a job. Yeah, yeah. Do you have another job? So, I'd always been in, like, the banking world. And then at one point in time, I decided just to try photography full-time. And then soon after, the pandemic happened. And... I kind of panicked a little bit. Mm -hmm. But also, too, I think I'm just the kind of personality that I like to be. I like to be busy and doing things and contributing. And so I am working actually for Bank of the Pacific in Vancouver now. I had no idea they had a branch there. That's cool. Which is funny because that's the first bank I ever worked at when I was like 19 years old. So I am doing that again as well. Um, But it's good. It's a good balance for me. Like I've got my creative thing and my more like analytical numbers thing. So what do you do at the bank? I'm a credit analyst for commercial loans. Wow. Yeah. So, but yeah, I just kind of went back there recently. So, but yeah, like I said, I tried the photography full time. I really wanted to do that. It was hard. And I think too, when I initially went back to working for a bank, not that I didn't want to do it, but I kind of felt a little bit like a failure Uh in a way, even though I know I'm not failing, it just certain circumstances and time and you know i live on my own and single income and mm-hmm. um but yeah it was hard for me at first to kind of realize well as much as i like to be busy i kind of probably needed you know something else because a lot of things were getting canceled and yeah who knew how long the pandemic was going to go on for and there was just like a lot of what ifs and yeah it's nice to be able to know that you have some security yeah even if you if things just fall apart right and then, then it kind of and it, a lot of it's probably just me in my own head, you know, thinking back like, oh, these and those people will be like, oh, yeah, well, see, now you have a real job again. You know, it's just kind of it's, yeah. it's like my own thing in my head. Right. Like oh. no one's really going to judge me for that. But your paranoid people would see it. And yeah. Be like, be like, oh, oh, Jessica. She was not successful. Back at the bank. Yeah, back at the bank. But I just for me, it's like at one point in time, it was just like, OK, I need to figure out a different game plan, you know, mm-hmm. for the current situation. But I also do just I just like working and yeah. being busy. Me too. Yeah. I really have zero e- ego when it comes to working mm-hmm. because it's it's interesting. Mm-hmm. I like trying a lot of different things. Like it's it's fun. Yeah, I Part feel like. Of, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. I say like, yeah. I just feel like it helps you know broaden you and your own self and learn. Like I like to learn, and um, this is a you know I've worked in banking off and on since I was nineteen, and this is a new position, so it's something new in that world that I'm learning, and so it's really fun for me. And I like numbers, and I always liked math because I'm. And I was listening to the episode with Liz. Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, my math lady. <laughs> I like math, too. <laughs> I love math. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, it does. So what does a credit analyst do? Like, what's your day like? So we're kind of a, like support staff for the commercial lenders, essentially. Um, okay. Kind of plugging in the data from businesses that they're working with, with their commercial loans, and just kind of keeping on track of things with their financials, um, you know. So managing the accounts? Yeah, basically. So Cool. Yeah, a lot of data entry and stuff like that, too. But it's interesting to see how it all works together and how they're using that data, you know, 
for their loans and different things and customers they're working with. So. You ever had to tell people they didn't get the loan? I don't have to do that job, thank oh, goodness. that's probably oh. nice. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't want to do that. No. That I've been on the other side of that and it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, sorry. We, <laughs> we we're not going to give you any money. And actually, we're really shocked that you would even ask. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> but yeah, luckily I don't have to do, I don't mm-hmm. have to do any decision making. I'm just plugging in data, kind of keeping things organized. And so, mm-hmm. yeah. And I work with a good group of people. Actually, um, you know, Marcella Morris. Yeah. Dixon now, but I work with her actually there. Oh yeah, yeah, that's so. cool. Yeah, hi Marcella. Hey Marcella, <laughs> shout out. <laughs> yeah. So yes, fall world because when I went there to interview and the boss was like, oh, he's like, I have you have one girl on vacation. Her name's Marcella, and I was like, that's, that's not a common. That's name. not a common name. I was like, what's her last name? And then turns out it. I was like, oh, we grew up together at the beach, and he's like, what? Yeah, that's like, interesting. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I haven't seen her for a really long time. Yeah. Um, what was I gonna say? Oh yeah. So do you, do you keep track of what's going on in the financial world uh, through your job or cause it's been crazy lately? Yeah, it has been. I and don't really, not too much, I guess. Mm. No. Yeah. I, most people don't. Yeah. I, I just barely started. Mm-hmm. I've like the last year I've been very into it mm-hmm. and there, I try to talk about it with everybody. Nobody knows what the hell I'm talking about. <laughs> um, so, you know, I just listen to podcasts, but yeah, the, yeah, I just thought I would, I was just wondering because like the stock market's been crazy, all the Elon Musk stuff, Oh yeah, the, the interaction between the financial world and social media mm-hmm. has become it, like, it feels like a movie. Mm-hmm. Like how could billions of dollars move because somebody posted a tweet? Right. It's insane it's to me. It's crazy how it can affect that so much and have such an, an such an impact that yeah. it drastically changes within hours. Yeah, minutes. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Like the, the Dogecoin thing. I know people are tired, tired of hearing about this, but <laughs> the, it just blew me away. Yeah. The fact that something can go from three cents to 75 cents in value over the course of just a, a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, now it's back down below 30, I think. Mm-hmm. This morning it was at like 30 cents. Oh, okay. Hmm. Everything's doing really bad um, in the crypto market the at crypto least. crypto world. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know anything. It's like way over my head. I know nothing about it. I mean, yeah. I know it's there, but other than that, I'm like, eh, I know. I'm not educated. It would be nice if there was more, but it is because it's so new, but, yeah. you know. And it's it's growing so fast mm-hmm. that if unless you're reading and looking into it every day, mm-hmm. you you will get left behind knowledge-wise, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. which is okay. It's, yeah. it's not the kind of thing that everybody needs to know. It's It's like the internet. Everybody's going to use the internet, but not everybody needs to know how it works. Right. It's really the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to know how it works because I, I still see that it's such a fresh technology that some people are going to make a shitload of money. Oh, yeah. I would like to be one of those people. You're like, I, I would like to sign up for that, please. Yeah. <laughs> Get me on board. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it is complicated. Yeah. And it's like I don't have a background in computer programming or anything like that. So some of the stuff, like I have to learn the foundational principles before I can even learn the actual concepts. Mm-hmm. And it, it just takes a lot of time. But it'd be worth it if it, you know, makes me a millionaire. Heck yeah. I would like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's that stuff's way over my head. I too, I'm busy and haven't ever really taken the time to dive into it though. Yeah. Do you invest in the regular stock market or anything? Mm, no. So, yeah, my boyfriend's and he, I know he watches the stocks a little bit, but it's kind of, over my head yeah the stocks have started to bore me once mm-hmm. i got into crypto where it's like you it's see not it, as exciting yeah, yeah well i mean when you can see a 70 percent gain mm-hmm. 
a two or three percent gain that everyone's freaking out about it's just like mm. yeah okay <laughs> cool all right yeah. <laughs> it's just not the same but at the same time it's you don't you don't have to risk mm-hmm. those 70 percent dips either right because it's a little more consistent yeah but so you have a boyfriend mm-hmm. and what's he like he works for the railroad mm. he's been working for the route for like 13 14 years all the live long day hell yeah what so. does he do He's an engineer. Oh, cool. Yeah. So he drives the trains. Basically. My, my grandpa did that for oh, really? his entire career. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Has he ever ran anybody over on accident? I. <laughs> ask him. <laughs> got to ask him about that. <laughs> they all do. Yeah. It, it does happen quite a bit. And, you know, the train can't stop on a dime. So it takes a little while, you know. No. And people love to tempt fate. Oh, yeah. And they love to just be on the tracks. And it, actually, I can photography people always want to you know oh, i want to take pictures on the railroad tracks it's like well we actually can't that's actually yeah. a federal law that we're not supposed to yeah not you know supposed to mess with the train tracks let's just stay away we can go somewhat near them if they can be in the background but yeah there's lots of old train tracks around yeah. that aren't in that use. don't have you like on you can see and they have like a end and a beginning that are like you know yeah in the ground but yeah i remember when i was a kid my grandpa talking about um just stories about driving the train he used to he ran the what was it called coast starlight maybe the amtrak train oh that sounds familiar actually i think that's what it was called yeah but he did it for like 30 years oh dang yeah and there was a guy who would come and the same spot in his route and he would stand on the tracks until the last second jump out of the way like regularly Mm -hmm. and eventually he ran him over it's like he was like the guy should have known better he yeah he did it every time so yeah yeah that's that's rough he didn't seem he didn't seem sorry. <laughs> I was like, okay. All right. He's an intense guy. He's a cowboy. Oh, um mm-hmm. it, it, like not literally, but in his heart. In his heart, he's a cowboy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, like my whole childhood wore cowboy hat, cowboy boots, carried a pistol, like the whole deal. Cuz you're the third? I'm the third, yeah. Third. Okay. Wait, am, am I the namesake or are they the namesake? The, is the one who gets the name or the mm. one who gives the name the namesake? I don't know. I don't. I feel like I should know this, but I don't. That's know. not a term people use often yeah. anymore. It's, I don't know. We're gonna have to look that up later. Oh, we'll just cut this out. We don't want people kn- <laughs> knowing that we don't know. We don't know this. <laughs> um. <laughs> so your boyfriend works for the railroad. How mm-hmm. long have you guys been together? About two years now. Oh wow, that's yeah. pretty long. Yeah. You uh, plan on getting married at any point? We've been talking about it, mm-hmm. and so I'm sure at some point it'll it'll happen. But we're both just taking things slow. You know, we both have. You know, as anyone, we all have paths that, you know, we don't want to rush anything either. So, yeah, you know, mm. yeah, you can rush your way into a marriage and it doesn't always go so yeah, well. Yeah. So I've made that mistake before. But, you and know, we've, we've, all, been we've all been there. <laughs> it's happened. Our our generation is like set up for failure <laughs> on the first go around the because <laughs> that we like we were taught what a relationship is supposed to be from romantic comedies. Right. And it's not that. It's not that. Yeah. And just the whole the whole popular view of mm-hmm. what love is and commitment and all the stuff it's it's very different than reality mm-hmm. and so i think a lot of people have expectations that are just not, not reachable realistic and, and yeah. it just doesn't go well but yeah. i have so many friends who are you know under 40 who mm-hmm. have at least one divorce mm-hmm. if not two mm-hmm. it's 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 pretty common yeah yeah i haven't i haven't seen the rates but last time i checked it was like 45% divorce rate in this country. Yeah. It's pretty high. Yeah. So you've been married before. Mm-hmm. 
Um, twice. Yeah. Yeah. My friend Marie and I, we joke, well, we're like, third time's a charm. <laughs> I'm like, all I can do is, you know, I was really embarrassed about it for a while, but I'm like, you know, Don't it's be. just life. It really is. It's just life. And we move on and yeah. you figure it out and you learn and that's all I can do. So I was super embarrassed about my first marriage because mm-hmm. people told me the whole time that it was a bad idea. Mm-hmm. Not, not even because they thought it wasn't going to work out or anything, but just because we rushed into it. Mm-hmm. And because how... How old were you when you got married the first time? I was were 23. Pretty... Okay. Yeah. But she was almost 19. Oh. So it yeah. was it was a bad move. <laughs> Just yeah. young. Yeah. Um and it, it I can't even really put myself in the position that I was in then to make a decision like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I was in such a hurry to find somebody. Mm-hmm. Like I had just graduated from college and I just was like Oh, this is what I do now. Yeah. I just have to do that. So I was going to buy this pair of lifting shoes. Mm-hmm. And they're available online 24 hours a day, seven days a week, all the time. All the time. I haven't lifted for months. And I've been thinking about getting these shoes to get started again. And then on some just random Thursday, I'm like, I think I want to start lifting tomorrow. So I'm going to go buy those shoes. <laughs> and so I went to the sporting goods store. I'm like, sir, I'd like to buy these shoes. Mm-hmm. Please bring them out in a size 13. He's like, oh, well, we have to special order these. These are not normal shoes. You have to plan a little bit more than 12 hours in advance if you want to wear these <laughs> shoes and i was like yeah but i really want them now so because i need them tomorrow so i, I guess i'll now. just take those shoes <laughs> and i took the first ones i found mm-hmm. and that's exactly what happened in my first marriage yeah i wanted a wife right away yeah and then didn't work out didn't work out yeah what about you how did how did it go like the, how did you find yourself in that position yeah i just i was young and and i think well all through high school I'd pretty much had one boyfriend, you know, we dated for, I think, almost five years. And then that didn't work out, which was... Trying to think if I can remember who that was. You were very popular. I Uh, was? Yeah, at least I think so, because (laughs) I was four years, five years below you in school. Mm -hmm. So I remember, like, the Harriet sisters were, like, (laughs) top shelf popular girls. You're cheerleaders, you're beautiful. It was very, very much, like, high society. Mm. Um, So I feel like I would remember who your boyfriend was. It was Burton Walters. Burton Walters. Burton Walters. That is who I do remember. Yep, that. You yeah. were you guys were one of those couples. Yep. Who, yeah. We you were, were together forever. I think we started dating our like the end of our freshman year of high school. And then we dated till we were like the year out of high school. So like yeah, about five years and and then it just didn't you work were both out. Both CISPIS counselors. Yep. We oh was I was at that oh at that camp. Yeah. I was yeah, that was a, a fun experience, most of it. <laughs> <laughs> Forgot about Cispus. Yeah. But yeah, so I think, so I dated him forever and then didn't work out, which is fine. And, you know, we just, that was our time. We had a great time together. Just didn't work out. He you know? seems like a cool guy. Oh, yeah, he's awesome. And I actually still am in contact with him every once in a while. And I know his wife. His wife is awesome. She's super sweet. And they live in Vancouver area as well. But, and then after that, I kind of, you know, it was just weird for me because I had, in my you know pivotal years of learning and kind of growing in my teen and late teen years, I had been dating this one person. Mm-hmm. So then it felt weird to, to not have a boyfriend or, you know, or think I was like, I should be getting married or, you know, and I went to college and then I moved home and kind of just didn't really know what I was doing with myself. And so I met my first husband and um, yeah, I think I just thought like, oh, I just got to hurry up and get married. And he was older than me. Um, I think there was like a seven year age difference. I think I was 21 when we met. Pretty young. Yeah. So, um, and I think I just had this in my head, like, well, I, 
didn't go to college and I'm living at home. So I'm just supposed to get married, you know, and and we kind of I just don't think we knew each other well enough. Um, and because he was gone six months out of the year, he worked on tugboats. Oh, OK, so I think in the time we got to know each other, we just didn't have enough time and it just didn't yeah, work out. And we were just different people and didn't didn't last didn't last very long. Um, How long? I think we were separated after like seven months of marriage. Seven, eight. I, I know it was under a year when we separated. I think you know after doing the the whole paperwork business. The, the one year mark was like my. Uh, <laughs> I was like, you gotta make it a year. <laughs> and the whole first year, uh, I was just like, you, just you gotta make it a year. Now looking back, I was like, no one would have cared. Yeah. People don't care about my life. They care about their life. Mm-hmm. Um. All of all of that stressing about other people is all just a waste of time. Yeah, but it's I, impossible not to. It's hard because I I struggle with it all in everything. You know, I worry about what people will think, and I don't know if that's. I mean, I think everyone struggles with it, but I think too something about growing up in a smaller town. It, I think I used to put a lot of pressure on myself that I would be judged for everything I did or everything I didn't do or didn't do it right or this or that. But you just got to live your life. You can't you can't live that way because you're not living for you and. And yeah, it was hard. you're just reacting to everything. Yeah, it's absolutely. Not, you don't have time to think ahead and actually decide who you want to be. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, you're just constantly worrying about other people. Yeah. Some people are more affected by that than others. Mm-hmm. I, I've been be. somewhat lucky that I, I can sometimes click out and just... Push it aside and... Yeah. Yeah. And just try to be my actual self. It's hard, though. Mm-hmm. It takes practice. Yeah. I feel like I've been... The last three or four years, I feel like I've been, I have been better at that. It creeps in now and then, but I think that's normal, you know. But mm-hmm. I think when I was younger, especially like fresh out of high school, I think I it was really it really affected me a lot, and it was hard for me to not worry about what people thought or may think. And I probably made it a bigger deal in my head than really what people were thinking, you know. Yeah, and I, I think that a lot of kids do that. I mean. 19 20 21 it's not really mm-hmm. kid mm-hmm. but you are though yeah you're still trying you're st- to figure things out and who you are and what you're yeah. doing <laughs> you don't look like a kid anymore but you still feel like one mm-hmm. and except you suddenly are like everyone is expecting me to be an adult so you put all this pressure on yourself to establish who you are mm-hmm. and sometimes even that can be rushed mm-hmm. i had so many ideas about what i was going to be and who i was going to be at, at 20 mm-hmm. that never materialized and if they would have it wouldn't have made sense to who who i really am yeah like oh especially about parenting because i was studying psychology and childhood development and a lot of a lot of stuff about kids Mm -hmm. and like because a child is really just like a proto-adult they're just like a a in process and Mm -hmm. so they're a really great way to study the brain and development because it's just like you get to see the beginning of it yeah how it all starts and I thought I was going to be the most understanding, caring, empathetic parent. And it, it, I try, I still try to be, but it's really hard. And oh, the gender thing, that got me so bad because I read this book called The Gendered Society in like 2010. Mm-hmm. And it's all about, and it was great because it, it really opened my eyes to gender as, as a social construct. Because before that, I really hadn't separated gender from sex. So like masculinity and male biological sex Mm -hmm. are paired, but they're not the same thing. So like gender is something that we have 
built. Mm-hmm. And it's like a as a program that we're all running to figure things out and place yourself in the world. But it this book kind of pulled all of that apart to where you could see that it's actually something that we as humans built, not mm-hmm. just something that's implicit because of our sex. And so after I read that book, I was like, gender is, is optional. Like, and it's, it's really kind of become a very popular view that like your gender is optional and can be fluid. And so I had it in my head, like, yeah, I'm just going to raise my kids as humans, mm-hmm. let them be humans. And then uh, whatever they like, they like what they don't like, they don't like. And mm-hmm. I'm not going to push the gender thing on them and we'll just see what happens. And, and I didn't, but they are absolutely gendered. Like kids, kids have their own wants and needs. And my daughter really, really likes pretty stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I didn't teach her that. Yeah. Like she's just naturally gravitated towards that. Yeah. yeah. I actually actively avoided princess shit because <laughs> I, I, and not because I dislike it. Mm-hmm. I actually find it very adorable mm-hmm. that she wants to be a little, little princess, princess and wear a little tiny gown and crown and do spins and <laughs> the look she gets on her face Aww. when I'm like, you're beautiful. It, it, she just beams. Oh my God. Oh, it melts, it yeah. feels, fills my heart with yeah. so much love. It's almost unbearable. Aww. And I didn't teach her any of that. Mm-hmm. She just came she out, figured that out herself and decided like, out. I really like this stuff. Mm-hmm. And she could have just as easily decided to like cowboys and Indians mm-hmm. or race cars or dump trucks or dinosaurs. Yep. But she likes princesses. Princess. And so I, it kind of changed the way I think about gender. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's as evil as I did then. And I really, I don't know. I think a lot of people get hung up. I don't, I don't, basically, I don't think we should listen to people under 25. Uh, I think that <laughs> they may have lots of information, but their context is so limited mm-hmm. that we need to just give them a little bit of time More to time. percolate. Yeah. Think about it. Yeah. Live a bit. Yeah. They're also so forceful. <laughs> like, they just want to ram their ideas down your throat. Oh, yeah. 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 I don't know what the rush is. I don't either. We can take time and think about stuff. Yeah, we got time. Um, okay. So I'll stop talking about myself. <laughs> so I used to have a, a philosophy that you could marry anybody mm-hmm. and with enough hard work, make it into a good marriage. That it would work. Yeah. I do not believe that anymore. And what do you think about that? Yeah, I, I think I used to have that feeling too initially like whoever it is it's just you know whoever i end up with we're just gonna make it work no matter what long as he checks the boxes yep yep and i'm like now after a couple failure you know failed attempts which is okay we weren't right for each other but it obviously didn't work because those would have well the first one would have worked then if that were the case you know um i do think there's a lot of things with compatibility and being able to be on the same page and hear each other. There's a lot more to that than I think, I don't know. Yeah, I don't think it's like a cookie cutter, like you can just fit together and make it work kind of thing. Yeah. I had it in my head that if you just put your partner first, always, mm-hmm. that eventually it'll it'll be good mm-hmm. and, and that because they will eventually do it for you. And that is not the case. It doesn't work like that. No. Uh, all it does is build resentment and oh, yeah. you start to hate that person mm-hmm. and and feel constantly hurt by them because they're not putting you first. And it is actually a terrible way to live. Yeah. But it's also, if you don't put them first for most things, you're not going to have a good relationship either. Right. Because it's like, it's just such it's, a delicate balance. It is. It's like a 
dance of trying to find the perfect balance of that. But I do feel like if you find the right person, your dance will essentially match up, I guess. But, yeah, and it just kind of happens. Yeah, just naturally kind of flows into each other. But it's it's hard because, you know, I've had discussions with friends over the years and, you know, ups and downs of relationships, myself personally or other people's experiences. And it's, it's hard because it's like, you know, you're trying to figure out, especially too, if something isn't, you feel like it's not working. It's like, wait, is this, is this the hard that people talk about because they always say it's going to be you know it's going to take some work and be hard but it's like or is that too hard you know like where how do you know you know yeah exactly there's a lot of gray that makes it i think difficult um because it's easy to to just navigate that think you need to push through Mm -hmm. like oh yeah this is the hard stuff just like they said Mm -hmm. but when really it's like oh no this is actually dysfunctional and Mm -hmm. abusive Mm -hmm. it's not something i just need to push through it's something i need to get Get, away from away from yeah 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 what are your biggest red flags in a relationship like where you just know like oh this person is not gonna work with me i think part of being in a relationship is you have to be selfless i think a lot of people are you know what and not saying it in a negative way but we're all we all can be kind of selfish at times and not i'm not saying that like in a negative tone but like like our base programming yeah like we take care of us and ourselves, but which is you have to do to an extent before you can even be with someone i think it's really important that you know who you are and you take care of you but then i think when you do go out to date someone if you're not being giving like you're saying like that same kind of dance like you have to make them a priority but then too, you have to make yourself a priority. It's like finding that balance, you know, and if you have someone that's not willing to meet you part way and they're just all about them, that's clearly not going to work. And that's a red flag. I think I had a hard time with the second time I, you know, second go around was they weren't meeting me in the middle. And I just mm-hmm. kind of feel like I was give, give, give and not getting anything back. And that's not going to, that's not going to work out that way. No, no, no. You, you owe it to yourself mm-hmm. to eventually draw the line mm-hmm. yeah. so how long did the second one last um i think it was man must have been like a year and a half two years maybe i can't really how remember. long in between quite a bit of time because i um it must have been like eight or nine years i think between oh wow yeah pretty long time yeah because i think the first time i got married i would think i was 22 i was trying to remember exactly and then yeah, I think I was like 30 or 31, somewhere in there. So, yeah, nine, eight, nine years. Are you hesitant about doing it again? No. I mean, I think I was at first. I think I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm never getting married again. Yeah, <laughs> you know? we all say that. <laughs> but ultimately, like, I know that's what I want, and I want that, you know, that's something I've always envisioned having because not to speak for, like, the title of it per se, but because I know I want to know that I have that person that is just as much in it as I am, you yeah. know, for the long haul. And I want that family feel and someone to grow old with and have, you know, do all the things with. And so I'm definitely not at first I was a little timid, but as time has gone on, I feel like I've I feel like in the last three, four years I've really figured out who I was even more so. Like I feel like your twenties, you're still learning so much about yourself and Totally. Not that it's like at 30, it switches, but so, there's a lot of growing in that time frame. I think after you get out of school and you, there's just so much you learn about yourself and then to just life experiences that happen. But yeah, I am, I'm still like, I still have a positive, you know, outlook. It, it was dimmed for a little bit, but. Mm-hmm. Your parents are still together or are they? No, they're divorced. They're divorced. Um, yeah. So that's what was rough when I went through my first divorce. Man, that sounds funny saying that. My first one. <laughs> 
Yep, just gotta own it. I used to judge myself so hard on it. Don't even worry about it. Like, seriously, there's nothing to be. All all it says is that you're trying to find happiness. Yeah, that you're that you're actively seeking it out. It's like there's nothing, no shame in that. And my mom used to tell me too. She was like, of course, she's like, you know, marriage means something. She's like, but there's also people that date for long periods of time too, and they break up. It's the same. It's the same thing it's just you've signed something you know piece of paper but um but yeah unfortunately they got divorced during the same time frame i went through my first divorce so that was like a rough it was just a rough year in my Mm -hmm. life um because i was going through that and then my parents were separating and was that a shock to you or was it were you like oh of course i mean it it, what i mean i don't think anyone wants to see their parents you know not together especially when my whole, you know, at that point I was 22 or three, you know, so I'm like, my parents have always just been together. So I just never pictured that they wouldn't be, I guess. But I just got to the point where there were just some, you know, hard things going on and could kind of tell that maybe it was the, those troubled times were maybe going to make things end the way that they did. And it's unfortunate it did, but it is what it is. And, yeah. you know, they're still my parents and I love them, but. Now they're just off doing their own things. So. Yeah, parents splitting up is a weird one. It is. It hap- happened for me when I was 13. Oh, okay. How's that? And it didn't affect me all that much then. Mm-hmm. Like, because it's a novel situation. Mm-hmm. So as a kid, you're just like taking it as it comes and we're moving or mm-hmm. all, like things are new. So anytime something's new, it's like kind of exciting almost, even though I know that it's sad. It's just yeah. like the tragedy of it didn't really hit me until I was an adult. Mm-hmm. And I realized like, oh, shit. We kind of just ended our family yeah. halfway through, mm-hmm. essentially, and it sucks. But, yeah, I don't know. It's a weird one because, yeah, it gets to you later and, and in weird ways. Was yeah. it, What was home life like when you were a kid? Was it – did your parents fight or were – No. Yeah, no, it was great. Um, they were both really hardworking and they were su- both super involved. Like they never missed, you know, any dance recitals or – they were always at the basketball and football games watching my sister and I cheer. And so they were always super involved and with the community and the school. And, um, but yeah, they were, no, everything was great. It was just, you know, just times things change and, mm-hmm. but yeah, things do change. Yeah. People move on. Yeah. So yeah, it was in a sense, it was kind of weird because yeah, you always picture your parents, you know, yeah. it doesn't always work out that way. Yeah. That's, but if they needed to get divorced, that mm-hmm. they probably needed to get yeah. divorced. Yeah. We never really know what's going on with the parents mm-hmm. as the children. Right. Unless you live in a really small house and they scream at each other. Uh, so I, I knew what was going on. Mm-hmm. So when they finally got divorced, I was like, finally, let's get the fuck out of here. <laughs> um, but yeah, it wasn't traumatizing in, uh, at the time. But, but then later on you felt Yeah, it. later on I missed I missed the, the life that we had before yeah. that just kind of abruptly ended right like i remember going back to my bedroom after having because we like my mom packed all of our shit and when i got home from school we left Mm -hmm. and uh i didn't i never slept in my bed again and it was weird Mm -hmm. Uh, like i remember going back to the house uh months later and like my bed was still messed up from me sleeping in it oh wow and just like that was weird The, the the thought of like this life is over and it and at the time it still felt like on hold Mm -hmm. but then as more and more years passed and once i was an adult i was like i just we just started a new life and and it just continued from there and Mm -hmm. then i i've realized since then that that's all of life Mm -hmm. you're it never it never stays the same it's we're always in a state of change change and it's always evolving and change is the only constant yeah (laughs) we're always changing yeah 
Where do you see yourself five years, ten years from now? Oh, that's so. That's a hard question to answer. It is. Do you still see yourself being around the same city? I feel like I'll generally be in the Pacific Northwest area. Um, I'm, I've joked about moving to like Idaho or Utah. My best friend lives in Utah, and I'm like, oh, I should move to Utah. <laughs> My know? best friend used to live in Utah. Oh, really? Yeah, in Salt Lake City, Colton. Oh. Oh, he did? He used to live there? He used to live there He oh. for like six years. Oh, I didn't know that. He moved back here like two years ago. Oh, okay. Yeah, he went down there and became a journeyman electrician. Oh, good for him. came back up here and got a job. Nice. Yeah, I've heard he's really good at it, but I wouldn't know because he never shows up to do my electrical. <laughs> Colton. I'm just kidding. He <laughs> did a whole bunch of electrical for basically for free. Oh, that's nice. But he won't finish, so I still am pissed at him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's all right. He called my, him and my brother are friends too. And he was talking to my brother and he's like, yeah, I think I'm just going to make Jeff ask me to come back. And it, it enraged me when my brother told me that because I had been sitting there for weeks just being like, Waiting. don't ask, don't pester him. He's in a new relationship. He's enjoying his life. Leave him the fuck alone. But um, Then when you heard that, you're like, wait a second. Yeah, exactly. It's like, no, that's. This will not stand. I need lights in my kitchen. I got. <laughs> That's right, because you guys did a bunch of like remodeling in the house. Yeah, we tore out everything yeah. in the bottom, basically the bottom half of the house. Wow. Which, yeah, I'm so ready for it to be done. Me and Melissa managed to to not let it cause a lot of tension between us, which mm-hmm. I'm shocked by because it's just like home renovation is a relationship killer. It takes I've all of that. the time that yeah. you would usually use for intimacy mm-hmm. and makes you just do things you don't want to do <laughs> and but yeah yeah but our relationship is is very easy most of the time we yeah. don't we don't really fight we're mm-hmm. like when you said the thing about compatibility mm-hmm. that is so true yeah because we're very compatible like we think a lot alike we we don't always agree on everything mm-hmm. but we communicate in a similar way to where even when we don't agree we can agree you know, to dis- agree to disagree yeah so to speak yeah, yeah exactly so and it's it makes a huge difference yeah so. Um, yeah, I'm Compatibility happy. and communication, those are key. Yeah, if you have those two things, you can pretty much make it work. Mm-hmm. And attraction. Well, yeah. Got to yeah. have that. Got to have that. But yeah. yeah, you don't need a lot of the stuff that people think you need, like the the fire that you get in the beginning of a relationship. I think a lot of people throw away a good relationship because when that starts to dim, mm-hmm. they're like, oh, it's done. It's done. It's Moving ran its on. course. Yeah. They don't realize, like, if you actually just double down during that time, it lights right back up. Yeah. Like, you can do that indefinitely. Mm-hmm. If you really dig in and dig deep, like, it's there. If it was there at one time, then it it would it should still be there if you yeah. really are genuine about the person that you're with. Yeah. Love is an act. Mm-hmm. It's not just something that happens to you. Yeah. It's something you do. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Makes a big difference if you think about it like that. Yeah, it does. Well, let's move on from relationships. What are you into? When you have a couple hours to just do something that's just purely for enjoyment, what do you want to do? I love to be outside um, when it's – I mean, I would be outside in the rain too, but I, we, I really like going on hikes. Um, I like going to the gym because that's just kind of like my me time. Mm-hmm. Um, my boyfriend and I go together too sometimes, which is fun that we – I'm glad that we have that, that we like to do together. Do you actually work out together or yeah. you just go together? You yeah. like do the same workouts? Yeah. Well, that's cool. Yeah, it, which is nice because there's, I don't know, just certain things that I'm like, I don't know. Like I have my like little routine of things, but it's nice to go with him because then he 
since we've been going together has shown me new things and different workouts to do, which is super helpful. So it's nice because like when I go with him, I kind of focus on one area and then I can go on my time and do my thing. What kind of workouts and stuff are you into? We lift weights um, mm. and then um, so we go to the gym for that. Um, I also do like to do this like body pump class. I don't know if you've heard of that. It's basically mm. like a, it's kind of cool because it's um, it's something new I've just found at the, well now since classes have kind of started back up after covid oh are um, they going again yeah they're like going again group classes yeah cool first it was like super limited and you know only like six or eight people but now it's pretty much open thank um, god yeah which is the, nice yeah the gyms being closed made instagram boring for a while <laughs> <laughs> no one posting their gym pics exactly <laughs> um but it's fun because it's like for me, like the dancer and me, like we're doing stuff to like the music. So it's like to the beat and to like eight counts and stuff, but mm-hmm. we're like using like free weights and stuff to do lifting. So it's kind of a nice combination of using free weights, working all different parts of your body, but also like doing it to the music. So it's kind of yeah. like this nice balance of lifting. And then also like my dancer brain is very happy, <laughs> like doing it to the beat. So the timing, yeah, the timing of things, everything's yeah. to, like an eight count. So yeah, that makes a huge difference. Yeah. When I was rowing, that was like oh. the the almost like a metronome mm-hmm. when I like because you have to do a lot of land workouts where you're on the rowing machine, the erg, uh-huh. for hours, oh, and it's uncomfortable and it's just not. Have you ever rowed on one of those machines? No, I haven't. They suck. <laughs> They're it's really hard and it's uh, it, and it's hard in a way that you get no like there's no glory with it it's hard to bench press a mm-hmm. whole bunch of weight mm-hmm. and when you do a whole bunch of weight people will like stand around and be like oh, oh. look at this guy <laughs> but if you're on an erg just pulling as hard as you can you look the same as the old lady who's doing it next to you it's like <laughs> there's no glory it there it doesn't pad your ego it's just uncomfortable mm-hmm. and it doesn't ever relent and uh, something about the timing if mm-hmm. i had music mm-hmm. and, and i could just count it out because yeah. the, the way you do the stroke, it's like three counts on the recovery and a one on the drive. And the, the reason you do that is so that when you take the stroke, then the boat's going to run. And you want the boat to be able to coast off of the, that momentum from the stroke. Huh. So you want to go slowly back up the slide. Because so, if you rush up the slide, then that's going to send your weight the opposite direction. Oh. And you'll stop the boat. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know much about rowing. so I, I, I wouldn't assume that you would. Yeah. I, did, I didn't know that you rowed, actually. Uh, yeah, I rowed for three years oh, wow. for Western Washington oh, University. Oh, that's awesome. And then I coached for a year after that. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was really fun. Mm-hmm. The coaching part was especially fun because I didn't have to row. <laughs> <laughs> I just got to drive a boat with an actual motor, and they even gave me a big... Uh, bullhorn so i could yell at the team (laughs) i loved it i really loved the coaching yeah but yeah i don't remember where i was going with that oh the timing oh yeah timing the timing of it yeah Mm -hmm. i don't that's that's nothing (laughs) i was i was going nowhere with it um but we were talking about workouts oh yeah oh yeah do you run do you ever run no i was never much of a runner you're a hiker i like who likes to work out but you don't you should try it i know i probably should it's it's actually I do I like hop on the fun. treadmill sometimes but that's that's about my extent of <laughs> That's no fun. It's <laughs> one place. <laughs> yeah. And it's loud. Uh, the, it is loud. I don't I don't like that. The yeah. t- treadmills in movies, people like stand there and have conversations with each other on them. When I'm running on the treadmill, it's like bam bam bam. It's loud. And then oh. and then too with the mask on and then like sometimes we're trying trying to talk to each other. I'm like I can't can't hear him (laughs) and then too like they have you spread out so you're like two apart from each other Mm -hmm. like i really have no idea what yeah like we're like yelling at each other but 
Have you started going back to restaurants since the COVID thing? I, uh, not really, actually. I mean, a lot got, of people haven't. I haven't really. And actually, I think about it, I haven't. I mean, I've gotten some takeout here and there, but was doing that kind of all COVID to kind of help businesses. That's like all I've eaten for the last yeah. six months. <laughs> door, Horrible. And door dashing it. <laughs> yeah. I don't think we have that here, have, oh, but yeah. I doubt it. It's dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, the, oh, I'm bored. I'll just order some food and they'll deliver it to my door. It's great. Yeah. 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 So convenient. Yeah. Yeah. Postmates is another good one. Yep. I've mm-hmm. done that before. They'll bring you anything. Mm-hmm. It's like, I need a pair of shoelaces. Postmates. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. The new world, the way we do stuff now with everything being on the phone, mm-hmm. it's really convenient until it all just stops working. Yeah. You ever worry about that? Mm, I haven't really. You're not I'm... constantly thinking about existential threats? <laughs> no. Am I the only one? <laughs> it must be Spio. I, I really do think about that stuff all the time. Like, everything seems so fragile. Yeah. Yeah, I can. Yeah. It is. It, I mean, I think, too, even, like, kind of COVID kind of showed us that, like, how quickly things can change, you know? Yeah. Can you imagine if there was, like, a solar flare during the earlier parts of COVID? Like, let's say last April, mm-hmm. there's a solar flare and it shuts down the power grid for even, like, 12 hours. How everyone would have just lost it. Oh, man. Would have been bad. That would have been bad. And that's not that's not a, a crazy thing to happen. No. Like, that could, that could happen. That could happen. Um, but eh, worrying about it's not really going to make a difference. <laughs> yeah. I try not. I'm not. I I always tell like people I'm like, can't worry about things that you can't control because there's gonna be things we can't control all the time happening around us, and I just try and worry about the things I know I can help. You know. Yeah. So I try not to get. Otherwise, I would go down a bunny trail, and it would just be. Mm. That's pretty much my life. <laughs> I spend <laughs> so much time down bunny trails. Oh man. I like it. It's, there's interesting things in there. Yeah, that's true. There are some interesting things, but then it can get me all stressed out about things I shouldn't be. <laughs> yeah. Talk to my wife. <laughs> I, I'm full of un- unnecessary stress. Yeah. But yeah, I realize not everybody thinks like that, especially through doing the podcast, mm-hmm. because I'll ask some people questions about like, um, do you think we have a soul or um, where where do you, where do you think we go when we die or... You know, what's your favorite existential threat? And they look at me like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> what are you asking and me? Like, okay, fine. You don't have to think <laughs> about like, it. All right, different topic. <laughs> but, you know, the yeah, truth I'm, is the sun's right there and it's eventually going to burn out. Yeah. So I'm just saying. I'm sure you've met a lot of different personalities in doing You're this. You're the 30th interview. Wow. Yeah. Which is crazy. Yeah. Because it's like, I, I want to do 50 in, in this year. Oh, you're going to surpass that easy. That was the goal that I set. So... I, I might surpass it, but it's uh, it's happening easier than I thought. Mm-hmm. Thirty wasn't that wasn't that crazy hard. Yeah, that's what mid 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 late May. So yeah, so it's like five months. Yeah, yeah. Today Any actually, audience? I hit five thousand downloads. Hey, it was just that's this awesome. morning. Congrats! Thank you. That's awesome. When it was a hundred people, it's like it still felt like a lot because mm-hmm. I'm just like a hundred different people are listening to me talk. Yeah. So that's cool. Yeah. But um, five thousand people is is pretty. Have you done that thing where people, I think people, like I've seen them do it with like their social medias and stuff. They'll be like, okay, 2,000 people. So they'll Google something to show an image of 2,000 people and like just to put that into perspective. I'm like, oh, oh that is cool. Yeah. I will do you that. You should do that. I will. Do it for like the 1,000 and then do it for the 5,000 just for, because yeah, I think it just, because you can think about, yeah, 5,000 people, but to see an image, I think. Yeah. It just shows to how powerful like imagery can be, you know. 
Yeah, it really is. Yeah. The, they they talked about that a lot in that book I was telling you about. Oh, uh-huh. About just like how it's a exponentially more engaging to post a picture versus just text. Mm-hmm. And then beyond that, a video versus a picture mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. just like the whole Even another more. level. Yeah. And But then if you make it too much going on, then people will just breeze right past it because it's like overwhelming. Or, yeah. It's like you have to hit that. Uh, they called it the 80-20 rule. Huh. Like you got to have – like when you post – uh, a mixed media post is supposed to have 80% picture or like field open space mm-hmm. and no more than 20% text on, on it. Hmm. And so I've started trying to do that because at first I was really packing the text in like all the information I wanted. I just had to get it in there. Get it all in there. And no one's reading that because it's like, it's, I, it was on over a picture. So they're like trying to see what the picture is. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. It's all that graphic design stuff. Yeah. It's just learning process. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. Um, do you market online? Do you like do the Facebook marketing or ads or anything like that? I've tried it a little bit. Um, but I feel like honestly, like the word of mouth has just been way more beneficial. Um, can I do an ad for you for this show? Heck yeah. Well, I know. That's why I was like, can I take some pictures in here and like yeah. <laughs> post and tag you? Definitely. Yeah. Because huh? I think. Synergy. Too, yeah. And I think too, it's just, you know really getting to know people and like I said, talking to people and then it's like who they might know, who they might know. And it's just that that can spread so quickly. But I have done a few ads though and they have helped. Um, especially if there's like a certain area, like when I moved like um, from Seattle back to Portland, I was kind of mm-hmm. like, okay. Cause I kind of moved away from my, where I had, you know, built up some clientele. I moved to Seattle then I kind of built it up again. Then I went back. So I was kind of like, okay, I got to like rein it back in now. So when I, for, when I moved back to Portland the second time, I did a couple ads just so hopefully it would help get my name out there that I was in this area again. And I think it did help reach people that I wouldn't have normally reached to. Mm-hmm. So, um, but man, yeah, using, using those hashtags and the geotagging, I think with Instagram has helped because now like on my website, when they, when people send me an inquiry, I have a thing on there, like, how did you find me? You know, cause oh, I, yeah. I want to know if any of that stuff is working. Um, and I've, a lot of people have found me through Instagram. Uh-huh. So must be doing something for me. Instagram is a really great platform. Yeah. I don't know what it is that they're doing differently. Yeah. But something about it, mm-hmm. it, it works really well. It connects people really easily. Yeah, it really does. I'm not sure, too, because Facebook owns it, mm-hmm. but it's better than yeah. Facebook. Because I'll post something on Instagram and Facebook at the same time. I'll get way more engagement on Instagram and Facebook. It's like hardly anyone has seen it. I'm just like, I don't even know. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know what the difference is. or I don't either. Do you do TikTok? I have a TikTok account, but I haven't dived into using it. I have gotten sucked into the bunny hole or, you know, just scrolling through other uh-huh. people's TikTok videos, but I haven't used it for myself personally for my business. I downloaded the app, but I have not opened it. Mm. I just don't, I'm not ready for another one. <laughs> another one. <laughs> I, I already have like gone into the Twitter world and then backed out multiple times because i'm just like I, I can't keep up yeah like first of all it's way too many angry people on twitter <laughs> and why doesn't anyone post anything pleasant i know i feel like i don't have well i think i have a twitter but i haven't used it in probably like mm-hmm. 10 years i remember too when i first got i was like i don't even know how to use this app i have no idea yeah. like how you tweet at people like and that's gonna make me sound probably old but i was like i have no idea what i'm doing with this platform and so I think mine's out there still, but I definitely don't. I'm use pretty it. sure it's just for criticizing people. <laughs> I'm talking the, about politics. Good <laughs> that's, about. All, that's all that comes from it. Yeah, it's a lot of political, lot of political stuff. stuff, and for people to uh, manipulate 
the crypto market with their <laughs> stupid Dogecoin tweets. <laughs> or Bitcoin. Yeah. yeah. Bitcoin is my baby. That's that's the one I'm I'm banking on. Yeah. And I really like it, but it's uh the whole thing's scary. Just the market crashed so bad the just last week that if I would have sold everything I had, which I was not about to do, mm-hmm. I'm, I don't even regret that. I still, I'm, no, I, I mean, I do a little bit because I could have shorted it and made a bunch of money, but because I could buy back in now. But anyway, so many people just are like, I'm out. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing it anymore. So now the chances of a full recovery or just like really even just like starting back into that bull market where it's going to be an upward trend, it seems like it's going to be a while before that happens again, mm-hmm. which sucks because that was like, entertaining as hell yeah. watching watching the market just go up and up and up and up yeah. but it was only a matter of time things can't just increase in value indefinitely right especially when it's an imaginary asset <laughs> like people are eventually going to stop thinking it's worth more right it's got to tank it sometime when bitcoin first was released like 10 years ago or 12 years ago i remember thinking like oh shit i should just buy a bunch of these now just in case mm-hmm. like Worst case scenario, I lose 20 bucks. And if I would have done that, I would be a millionaire. But I didn't. And like, but I kept watching it because the technology is really intriguing. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, actually, I should talk to you about the financial stuff because you actually know and I don't. But my gut tells me that there are some fundamental problems with the way that we manage money in this country. Mm -hmm. And again, I don't know anything about real financial systems, but... From what I can see, it looks like these stimulus payments have caused a hyperinflation. And I really think that that's what one of the major factors that was driving the crypto bull market mm. because people were getting these stimulus checks. This is what I did, yeah. getting these stimulus checks and putting them right into crypto mm. because they're seeing these huge returns. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you invest that? Yeah. And then the, the people who had all the, you know, the really rich people were like, all right, well, we've ridden this long enough. Now we're going to sell and you know, take our profits and yeah. buy back in at a yeah. lower price. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It just seems like that's not a great system. What What do you think about that? Do you have any idea uh, about the implications of stimulus payments <laughs> to the overall economy? I don't. That's a. I don't know if I could offer any good. You got to know better than me. <laughs> I don't know if I do, though. <laughs> that's like a whole other ball game that like, yeah. I feel like, you know, it's. Yeah. Well, you don't have to give me real information. Yeah. What, do you think it's a good idea for the government to be sending people checks right now? Are you in favor or not? You're a congressman. You got to vote. Mm. That's a hard question to answer because I see how it's benefited some people. But yeah, then exactly. there's also people that didn't really need it, you know, that mm-hmm. are. So it's kind of and we're just going to have to end up, you know, making up for that in the long run anyway. So all this money that we have given out to everyone. So I don't know. It's a, that's a. It's hard because I feel like in the moment it was like hard. How would they delegate or decide who gets what or how much? And they just had to do the best they could is how I try to look at it. Um, But it is hard because I I see on one hand how it super benefited people. Then also to like the SBA, like PPP loans and stuff that have benefited businesses and things like that. Mm -hmm. They've been able to help, you know, pay their employees and things. So it's like there's been a lot of good that has come out of it too. But then it's also like. I don't know if for others if it was I don't know. Yeah, that's a hard. It is. That's why I asked you about yeah. it because I, I I really don't know the answer. Yeah. Um. It just. 
I'm glad they did the stimulus payments. Mm-hmm. I was stoked to get mine. Yeah. And I really think that a lot of people needed them. Yeah. The I go back and forth between looking at it on a micro level and a mm-hmm. macro level mm-hmm. where it's like I see some major negative implications downstream. Yeah. Let's think where I'm at. You know, it's later on. What's that going to mean for us yeah. as a society? But it's also benefited us in such a hard time, you know, and people losing jobs or, you know, not being able to have their businesses open, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's it's like one of those things that's like, of course, I've seen the benefits. It's just, I hope long-term later on down the road, I hope it's not gonna affect us in a negative way too much. Yeah. I guess, yeah. They've talked about doing the uh, continuous payments, mm. just keep them going, mm-hmm. like uh, universal basic income. Mm-hmm. I used to be completely, uh, actually, I've gone back and forth. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'm for it. Sometimes I'm against it. And if for the same reason, mm-hmm. like I know a lot of people who would have a different, completely different life if they were getting a thousand dollars a week or yeah. a month. How, yeah. However much, However I know, much I know people who don't have a thousand dollars ever, yeah. like right when they get their paycheck, it automatically goes to it's rent done. and stuff. Yeah. And it's just like, damn, that's yeah. a hard life. Yeah. So I get it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, if I'm one of the people who has to manage this entire country, I, you got to look at the big picture. Yeah. And economy matters. Mm-hmm. And it seems like the economy is doing bad. But, I mean, this whole year, like through the pandemic, it, it felt like people were struggling. But then you look at the stock, stock market's producing record highs. Yeah. That, that's a problem. Yeah. There's some kind of a disconnect. Something's not matching up. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to get to the stuff that you don't want to talk about now. Oh, man. Uh, conspiracy theories. Oh, man. Spirituality. Deep, the deep stuff. <laughs> oh, no. Um, do you follow any conspiracy theories? No, actually, I don't. You should. I'm kind of boring. They're not boring. <laughs> no, I'm saying I'm boring because I don't follow any. <laughs> like, I probably should follow something or I don't know. The, Are yeah. there any that you're into specifically right now? Following? Mm, yes, actually. Lots of them. But the right now, I've been so obsessed with cryptocurrency lately oh, that it's that's like kind of what's it's got your attention yeah it's yeah. hard for me to think about other stuff but mostly because it's like it's my money it's where it, my money yeah. is and yeah it was growing really fast and now and then it shrunk really fast so it's like that's where my head's at but yeah no i love conspiracy theories the aliens lately that's the one that's been getting me oh. have you not even seen these videos no the the government is releasing footage of crafts that they do not know where they came from they're not saying they're aliens but they're like these are not us we don't know what and we don't know are. who they are huh. we don't know where they came from we don't have any uh, information on where they launched or mm-hmm. where they landed but we have these videos and they're pretty bad videos so that's the thing it's like it's 2021 can you get an iphone oh, out a little better like, quality <laughs> yeah they're all grainy like huh. dark that's probably weird. radar or yeah. something but yeah videos of these little round things just like flying around in the sky and then it like dives into the ocean and the pilot you can hear the pilot talking and he's like confused and concerned and there's several of these i have not seen any of these you should check it out it's it's really strange it it really makes me think that there's some kind of manipulation going on Mm -hmm. like project blue beam I know I'm getting. You're gonna think I'm weird, but the <laughs> so that's uh, Pro- Project Bluebeam is a, a a program that's designed to convince the populace that aliens are attacking mm-hmm. us, mm-hmm. and it's like this is a pretty big concept in the community 
of conspiracy people. Okay. So I should clarify. This is all new to me. So I am not You're a conspiracy theorist. <laughs> I um I'm a conspiracy hobbyist. I like to learn about them, mm-hmm. uh, and I like to use them as like a thought experiment. It's like, what if this was true? What mm-hmm. would what conditions could make this to where it actually happened? Right. And y- you know, usually it's it's a lot. It takes a lot. Mm-hmm. Like for the Pizzagate. <clears throat> Uh, this is not one that I've looked into a lot, but uh, Pizzagate was like there's a pizza restaurant somewhere had something to do with Hillary Clinton, and they they were like all these people were saying that there was like an underground sex trafficking thing going on in the basement mm-hmm. of this pizza place, mm-hmm. and this then they went and checked the pizza place didn't even have a basement, so like there's very little chance that that's true. That's real. Yeah. Um, but then there's other situations like Epstein. It's like. He was in a jail cell with a former police officer uh, who was just, like, yoked, huge, like, probably a white supremacist. I mean, I'm probably stereotyping. I'm sorry, sir, if you're listening. I don't know your history. But he looked like a white supremacist. And then they're trying to get us to believe that this man killed himself when he was on suicide watch. Nah. Yeah. Didn't happen. Yeah. That's not what happened. It's just not rational or logical to think that that's true yeah so there's a huge spectrum of like believability but i i find it very fun to just kind of like walk through the process of of seeing like in what universe could this have happened Mm -hmm. so i i think they're fun but for the most part i think that they're dangerous because there's so many people out there who don't look at them with a critical eye Mm -hmm. and like dangerous yeah my mom started getting into some QAnon stuff oh, and mm-hmm. just like a year ago. Mm-hmm. And and I was like excited about it at first because I was like, finally, somebody I could talk to about this stuff. <laughs> and um, it was fun. But I found myself constantly having to like try to remind, and she got annoyed by it. But I was like, you have to remember, mm-hmm. you can't like put too much belief behind it or mm-hmm. it will just take control It'll of take your over. mind. Yeah. Like, yeah. And then you get momentum behind you like if you really strongly believe some of these things that people actually believe like the flat earthers there are really regular ass people walking (laughs) around thinking the earth is flat (laughs) and they can you know explain away everything that doesn't jive with that like all Mm -hmm. the pictures of space are fake right um it's like okay (laughs) but what what grand plan is that Who's, whose conspiracy is it to convince a bunch of dumb people that the earth isn't round? Right. Who benefits from that? Yeah. Nobody. Yeah. But I don't know. They get so sucked in and then they, they believe that. And then yep. the weight of that belief pulls them deeper and deeper and deeper and just takes more in with it before mm-hmm. before you know it, there's no turning back. And they're, they're just like weirdos. <laughs> but yeah. So yeah. I, I'm not going to let that happen to me, but. I do like – I listen to a conspiracy podcast often that is pretty good. Which one is it? It's called Tinfoil Hat hmm. with Sam Tripoli. Shout out Sam Tripoli. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's recently became the comedy, uh, like, manager for rockfin.com. They're like, a, oh. they're like hmm. YouTube, but um, for people who, who get kicked off of YouTube. Oh, I see. Huh. Yeah. That's where they go then. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> kicked off YouTube? We're heading there. Yep, but I don't know. Doesn't seem like you're really into conspiracies. No. What are you into? 
You cook? I do cook. Well, actually, I do like cooking. Let's talk about cooking. I love I cooking. I mean, I used to not think I liked cook- cooking. And then I think in the last few years, it's something I've really like picked up and started enjoying. I feel like it's, I get busy sometimes and I'm like not doing it as often, but believe it or not, this is going to sound really silly. But after when I was moved to my new place um, in Vancouver, I started getting those HelloFresh meals. Oh, I was just going to ask about that. Yeah. So I started getting those and I was like, man, I had no idea. It was so easy to like do some of these things that's having me do, which, you know, I don't know. I just, I feel like everyone, we all just get in our routines, right? We just make the same thing over and over again, you know? Um, and so since then I've like started just branching out, making different types of food, things that I would never even try to make at home, you know? And um, so, yeah, I don't know. What's your favorite you. thing you've had from HelloFresh? Ooh. There was some kind of, it was like a, Mm. there were these meatballs like one time i don't even know like had like ginger in them and different mm. it was i don't know i love ginger um, me too like, you can't go wrong there so um gosh what was the one that i can't i can't even of course now i'm gonna go blank thinking of the they had like fried egg in and it was over rice with like this I, I don't know what kind of meat it was seems like they're really good at making the menus kind of diverse yeah it was like, something definitely very different that i would never have thought of to like make on my own mm-hmm. and I don't know. It was delicious. And even I'll make them for Richard sometimes. Cause I've kept some of the recipes now and just uh-huh. kind of put my own twist on them. And he's like, Oh my gosh, please make that again. <laughs> yeah. So do yeah. Ever, do you ever bake? I do. Um, my grandma was really into baking. And so growing up, my sister and I would bake with her and we'd always do like, you know, like the Christmas cookies and different things like that. But she was always baking something. So we would always help her in the kitchen. It's a great family activity. Yeah. Really I like is. baking with the kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, the like my daughter is better at baking than me now, so I I don't really even do anything. I she just kind of stand around and talk to her while she's baking. <laughs> You're but, supervising. Yeah, she's ten too. She's eating the she dough. She can make really good cookies. <laughs> it's yeah. Yeah. It's fun. Gosh, she's ten. Yeah. Holy moly. She's over five feet tall. What? Yeah, it's crazy. I was looking at the pictures from the when Amelia was born, and she's like up to my belly button. Mm-hmm. Now she's like up to my shoulders. Oh my gosh. She's huge. And how old Sawyer? 12. Wow. He's also five feet He's tall. To be a s- they're the exact teenager. same height. Oh, are they? Yeah. Which is really funny because, <laughs> because they're two years apart. <laughs> two years apart. The girls just shoot up. They do. Yeah. Bef- before the boys. I remember being like the tall girl. Really? Um, yeah. Like looking back at pictures like in grade school, I'm like, I was always like, the t- actually, Michelle, mm-hmm. um, Melissa's sister, her and I were both like the tall and Ashley Wilkie, like the three of us, we were always like the tall ones. How tall are you now? Like five, seven. Pretty average. Yeah. But I remember it kind of sprouted up and then, you know, they always like arrange you by like height, you know, in yeah. the school pictures. We'd always be like in the back, in the middle, the tallest ones, mm-hmm. you know, because the boys hadn't caught up yet. So. Yeah, but. that was always me. I, I grew early. Mm-hmm. So uh, like even during those years where the girls shoot up before the boys, yeah. they weren't taller than me. If you go to any seventh grade classroom, mm-hmm. the boys still look like little kids and the girls are starting to look like teenagers. Yeah. So it's a yeah. funny age. Yeah. The junior high dances. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> always very funny. <laughs> oh, yeah. man. Oh, man, to be young again. Mm-hmm. A lot of awkward times at <laughs> certain times. Yeah. Middle school Middle is school was pretty hard. That was rough. I had a uh, bleached blonde buzz cut like Eminem. Oh, in yeah. In seventh grade. Yeah, I look back at pictures now. I'm just like, what were you doing? <laughs> it was a horrible time. It like turned orange too. It wasn't, oh, mm-hmm. it looked real bad. Yeah. It looked real bad. Yeah. Hard year. Yeah. 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 Do you uh, ever do coaching now? Do 
do you plan on doing anymore? No, I haven't. I, I miss it, though, because even when I went to Seattle, I coached at Roosevelt High School up there. I coached cheer for two years while I was up there. And I really miss it. I just like because originally when I went to school, I thought I was going to be a teacher. Mm-hmm. That was kind of like I liked teaching people. And I don't know. I just kind of had that. Me too. Actually, that was my plan. I just really like helping people and helping them learn. And um, Teachers are great. Yeah. I love teachers. Shout out to teachers. It's been a rough year for you guys too. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I just miss coaching because I would try to really relate, like obviously teaching them the craft or whatever, you know, with cheer and learning all the different things that go along with it. But also try, I really try to relate everything to like real life, you know, how yeah. is this going to affect you? And, you know, like you come to practice on time because someday you're going to have a job and you have to be on time, you know, like just even little things like that. I would really try to help make it about life and teach them about life as much as I could. Like, I know I'm not probably the greatest one out there at doing it. At least I was trying and, you know. That's what makes you the greatest. <laughs> like that trying. Mm-hmm. That's what sports are for. Yeah. Is to teach life skills. Yeah. And they work really, really well for mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. I, I always think about that when people who don't have their kids in sports because mm-hmm. they're not like, I don't know though. It's You don't want to force a kid to do sports right. either, but yeah, they, they learn some really powerful skills. Yeah. Any sport or activity, I feel like it's just so beneficial in those years. And, you know, as a kid, you don't realize everything that you're getting from it or learning from it in the moment until later on, you can look back and be like, Oh yeah. Yeah. You know? It shapes you. Yeah, it really does. It shapes you and teaches mm-hmm. you how to, work with other people and, and be committed to something and how to lose mm-hmm, how yeah. to win those are both really important skills yeah yeah i have a really good time with my kids in sports mm-hmm. like actually i mean i just got done ranting this morning about how i hate baseball now because <laughs> so I, i'm a hypocrite but i don't hate baseball i just feel like a, a villain because i've had to miss so many games this year mm, mm-hmm. that i now resent baseball Aww. because i'm like why do you keep happening without me <laughs> i can't be there all the time yeah because yeah. i coached my son for a year two years ago okay then, yeah so i was like there for everything every practice everything mm-hmm. and melissa had the girls for all of that mm-hmm which amelia was a baby so that was not really an easy job mm-hmm. and then so then the following year we you know, basically flipped. Melissa was able to watch the games because she's actually a huge baseball fan. She just loves to watch baseball. baseball. And obviously she loves her kid. So Mm -hmm. she's going to be into it. But I'm not a huge baseball fan. I like it. Mm-hmm. It's it's enjoyable to play, but I'm You're definitely like, not yeah. watching a baseball game if, if I don't know somebody know someone on, the there, on the team. Yeah. 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 So it was nice to be able to let her have something she actually enjoyed. And then this year I was, I was tired of that. <laughs> I, I don't want to just watch the, the little kid the whole time. So I've started getting kind of tired of the whole thing. And now I've just been acting like a dick about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, this is I didn't plan on sharing this no, it's all on the podcast, but yeah. I think it's hard, you know, it's hard to balance life and who's doing what and when and schedules. And it's, I'm sure, and then, you know, you guys got three kiddos. So it's, yeah. And then during the times as well, it's just been tricky. And then it's hard to balance anyway, but it is. And also, like, when I was a kid, I got drug around, and I had to sit and wait for my parents to do stuff mm. all the time. Mm. Like, my mom's going to music practice, or they're on a softball team, or, you know, my dad is whatever. Mm-hmm. My parents had adult activities that they would do, and I would have to go and wait. Mm-hmm. And then something in culture changed during the course of going from childhood to adulthood. Now, the norm is 
the kids have the stuff to do and the parents go and wait. wait. So it feels like I got fucked. You're like I was waiting as a child, now I'm waiting as an adult. Exactly. What happened? When do I get to play? <laughs> Is, but so I'm <laughs> like with the podcast and the, the kitchen remodel has been really taking most of the time. Mm. So uh, plus I have a job. I, I actually have to go to work too. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's just not enough hours in the day. I know. Too, I wish there were more. Yeah. But then I would just fill that and wish there were more again. So it's true. There's there's no <laughs> no shortage of stuff to do. Yeah. The world is full of interesting things. Yeah. There's so much. And that's why I just like being busy because I like experiencing as much as I can. Me too. I, don't know. I just like to be busy. Even like in my younger years when I lived here, still like I was working at the bank and I worked at the coffee shop one day a week. I was coaching cheer. I was taking photos. I'm like, I was doing kind of like four jobs at one time. Yeah. You know, I just, I don't know. I just liked it. I like being busy and contributing in different ways so yeah and why not yeah you're gonna you're only here for so long yeah like i don't i just want to sit at home like i do like my me time at home but for the most part i like to be up and about doing things and me too yeah i i will feel like i have to Mm -hmm. like if if it's if i have a a chunk of time that's like i don't have scheduled for something sometimes i just stand in the middle of the room and like what should i do what What should i do i only (laughs) i only have two hours and it's like yeah it's there's so many things I want to do that it like almost freezes me. Yeah. Uh, decision paralysis. Yeah. But yeah, I think that's a good thing. Yeah. There's lots of things that I want to do. Yeah. I know. I get anxious. Like I'm like, oh my gosh, I have time. How, why do I have this free time? I must, I need to find something to fill this time with. <laughs> what if I forgot something? <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, exactly. Well, Jessica, we, it's been two hours. And oh, wow, that went fast. Doesn't it? It's like a time warp. And Yeah. Thank you so much for coming. Do you have anything else you want to hit before we get out of here? No, thanks for having me. I'm glad we finally were able to do this. Yeah, thank you for coming. So we've been planning this for months. <laughs> like so two, like two you were actually months. one of the first people I asked to be on here outside of like my family and close friends, like my practice people. Um, I was like driving to work and I, was, I saw your pictures and um, I was like, oh my gosh, that would, she'd be an awesome guest. Aww. And yeah, and I actually would just, I was just like, I'm just going to ask her before I think too much about it. So I just sent you a message and it's like, yeah, we'll, we'll do it. And it just never worked out Schedules until today. Schedules were crazy. But yeah, I, but that I'm makes glad me, it worked out. Yeah. Thanks so much. I feel honored too that I was one of the first people you asked. That's, yeah. Wow. You're Thank a really you. cool person. I, well, I enjoy talking to you. Yeah. I, I like learning about your business. It's It's been a great two hours. Well, so thank, thank you. you for coming. Yeah, thanks for having me. Mm-hmm. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye. It's time. Say it with your chest now. Say it with your chest now. I'm free.